I listened to some David A. Price on the way home today. Oh, oh. snap. That must have been a quick five minutes. Spider-Man and Daredevil. Wow. We haven't heard about those in a while. <laughs> One of them might be my inner travels to go, you know. Oh, Dave. You're not going to pull a Eastman and double dip and say the same thing over again, are you? Yeah. I don't know. What the hell did I... No, that that was an old episode, though. That was like two weeks ago. We are recording. Uh, it's the most recent one I had my in my... Okay, yeah. Yeah, we're... It's... Uh, it was... We, this week was the regular skip week, but then next weekend, of course, I'll be away. Right. The weekend after that, Steve's away. Yeah, so, you, you said you weren't feeling... You 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 weren't feeling the idea of crossing over all the books this quickly. Um, oh yeah 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 yeah. I'm still not yeah. Okay. But you you know you're digging the Daredevil obviously, and, and you're digging where it's going. And, aside from you, who else is going to know that I already said that? Everybody. It's true. They it's hang true. on your words, dude. <laughs> well, you, me and Raker and Tom Morris and Chris That's Campbell and, Alan. and Alan. 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 Yeah. Alan. You know, if Vince loved you, he'd listen. But he's too, I know. He's too, right. Yeah. He, he is. He is a fickle, fickle bitch. Oi. <laughs> nice try. Three and two and one. This car, this car trip tomorrow is going to be epic. It's gonna Shut be it. up, dude. It's going to be epic. <laughs> now you made me sad. You started off. Say hey. That's all right. Don't, don't worry. You won't upset me now. All David got. said he's got gas, too, which is going to make it even better. I'm so sad now. You just yeah. made me sad. Three, two, and one. You have an SD card, right? Uh, super deformed? Uh, no, for the recorder. No, actually, uh, the digital recorder that I have is a. Uh, remember that little one we used to use during bullpen? Yes, I, it, I that has an SD card in it. No, that's that's just straight off. That that's uh, a static hard drive. It, it it plugs into the MP3 port, but I mean the USB port. This is this one that I have has a uh, takes an SD card. Ah, dude, did you see the the solid state hard drives? Want big time? <laughs> oh. No. No, it's yeah. sick. All right, let's do this. Come on. Let's do it. Three, two, one. Oh, yeah. 11 o'clock comics, episode 200 and... Hot. <laughs> I love it. Hot. Hot. <laughs> Back in the aughts. Yep. That was an autism. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. You ought to do that more often. I was going to say you ought not to make fun of that. There we go. Auto Boys. Octavius. Got a huge, huge day tomorrow. Huge. <laughs> Did I didn't even start packing yet. No, I didn't either. Get this. My love for Jason Wood is so strong. I didn't start packing. I have no clothes. Uh, put aside none of that stuff my sketchbooks who cares didn't even get them together but I made sure that I got those damn plastic sleeves for his original art you are the man that's what I'm saying nice I sent I paypal Chris some money I gave him a list of the things I need to be getting picked up we should be all set sweet excellent so I get to peruse and take the best pick of the litter Right. Yes, and, and then bring the rest back to you. There are three pieces coming home, hopefully, from with you. Really? Like his suits. Hmm? Like his suits. Yes. What would they be? Would you like to know? Sure. Why not? Uh, they are a... Um, I'm trying to go off memory here because I don't open up Excel while I record because that will slow right. me down and maybe make oh. me gravelly. Um, I want... Uh, okay. There, um, one of them for sure is a Chrissy Zulo Domino. Mm-hmm. Uh, which can't wait. Um, a Jeremy Dale 
Domino and Wolverine. I'm noticing a pattern. <laughs> and uh, an Aaron Cooter X-Force team uh, commission. Wow. With Domino, probably. Uh, No. No. She's... Uh, well, no. He said no. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it, so we'll see. That'd be neat if it is. It would be cool. I like trends. We'll talk about trends tonight. Oh. Yep. And uh, I also have a Robert Atkins... Beachhead versus Firefly. Oh, and a, nice! Ah, and a J.K. Woodward Domino versus Lady Deathstrike. But they're going to be. Uh, they're sending me those uh, instead of handing them over at Chicago. So, yeah. All right. No more th- about C two E two until the end of the show because we okay. don't want to get Jason all sad. That's true. All right. Hey, everybody! Look at this. Eleven o'clock comics. I am Vince Bizzle. Thank you, Julian. Dot dot dot. And I'm David Price. Yes, you are, and I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the wing of scores that pecks at your nightmares. I am the telephone operator that disconnects your phone call. I'm the batteries that aren't included. I'm the bubble gum that clings to your shoe. I am Darkwing Duck. Wow. That was inspired. Mm-hmm. That was great. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, you're not, Darkwing Duck. You're Jason Wood, and get this, episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, and guess what? The order form's up. Yes. I know, finally, right? Take take a gander (laughs) at this. The Radioactive Man hardcover from Bongo, it's volume one, collects all the Radioactive Man shorts. They were originally produced as special issues. Some of them, cheap as dirt. Some of them, you cannot find. All of the, I think it's volume one, so it may not be all of them, but a lot of them are collected in this thing. You're going to get a special discount on this. Regular price is $25.99. You know what this is going to cost you? A hardcover from Bongo featuring Radioactive Man. $14.29. That's 45% off. Insanity. It's crazy. Yes. You can get a bundle. This is a really good idea because I'm a little bit leery. A bundle of the first four number one issues of Before Watchmen. I bit the bullet. 75% <laughs> off. Yeah. Regular price, fifteen ninety six for the price of a stinky-ass dynamite issue. Three ninety nine. You can get all four number one issues DCBS of Before Watchmen. DCBS did something I thought was impossible. They got me to, to buy these books. Wow. Now, I, I don't know if it's going to be uh, continued with the number two issues because, I mean, that's just plain losing money. So we'll see. But for the first issue, just a little sample, get a little lick, you can get them for three ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Unheard of. From Marvel, written by Mr. Steve Gerber. I oh, knew you were going to be all about that. Yeah, drawn by Kevin Nolan. Kevin, oh, yep. my God. Steve Gerber's final Man-Thing story. It's called The Infernal Man-Thing. I'm scratching my chin because I'm so curious. Infernal? What? Infernal Man-Thing, number one of three. Cover price three ninety nine. Your price? Dollar ninety nine. Dollar ninety nine. 50% off. And remember a couple weeks ago I talked about Mondo from Ted McKeever out of Image? Yes. Yeah. You can get the trade, collects all three oversized issues in the Golden Age format. Cover price is fifteen ninety nine. No way, Jose. $7.99. 50% off. Good God, go to DCBS if you haven't already dcbservice.com if you're a first time customer you get an extra 8% off if you insert the short but wide code into the following slot what's that code David? 
EOC eight. I was going to say girthy, but I don't know if that's a word. Yeah, Girth, you is girthy a word? Girthy can be. It a is word. now. That's a Joss Whedon word, girthy. If you stick that girthy code into the slot, which was EOC eight, you'll get an extra eight percent off your already hugely discounted order. Oh my God, they're the best discount comic book service. DCBService.com. Boom. Boom. Booyah. How's that? Nice. Awesome, dude. Look at you. Um, oh, and uh, we have another sponsor, do we not? Sure. Oh, wow. You're seemingly excited. <laughs> no, no, I'm just... It's, it's your ball. It is. Um, May Saturday, May 5th, and Sunday, May 6th. It's time to squeal like a pig. It's the, yeah, it's the Super Wild Pig Convention. Uh, which uh, we have been gloriously discussing for uh, some time now. And um, as I've said, this is a show put on by uh, our friend Chris Eberly, who was previously the proprietor of the Wild Pig comic store, um, not too far from my neck of the woods. And he, he gave up his uh, storefront, but for the last two years has been doing uh, in the um, in the tradition of, of you know more of a, the smaller regional shows he's been putting on, uh, a show or two a year, and uh, the next one is coming up, and it's going to be the biggest one yet. Uh, hopefully, hopefully the three of us, or at least uh, there's a chance that we'll all be there. I know it's not finalized yet, but I'm, I'm hoping that we'll all, uh, we'll all be there. It'll be at the Embassy Suites in Piscataway, New Jersey, um, and uh, it's uh, it's going to be pretty fantastic. There's going to be 40 artists there. Um, which, of course, I could run down the names, but I always throw out the name Rudy Nebris, and that makes Vince squeal with glee. Uh, see? Love there you go. Him. Exactly. Uh, he, uh, he tickles the way back bone. Exactly. There's oh, going to really be 60,000 alphabetized 50-cent back issues. Oh. And these aren't like, uh, I don't know, these aren't like uh, US-1 and uh team america yeah team america <laughs> these are you know legitimately awesome comics ranging from like chris has you know almost like an easter egg hunt he he throws in um valuable silver and even sometimes golden age comics into there mm-hmm. um and hell, I know hell you, of a valuable books yeah yeah i know you you came this close to getting an amazing spider-man 300 in really good condition but somebody yes, sniped you yep. um so sixty thousand people that is i don't even know how many Long boxes it is. What's that? That's like, uh, say, what is that? Like two and a quarter to two fifty per long box. Wow. Yeah. So that's wow. So that's uh, that's wow. That's uh, like two hundred and fifty long boxes, roughly. Yep. It's like a that's Chinese ins- wall of comics. Yeah. There's gonna. Yeah, that's crazy. There's gonna be a couple thousand trades at fifty percent off. Um, three amazing raffles. And again, if you've ever been to one of these things or the uh, the Wild Pig store sales. His raffles are amazing. He has Absolutes, Marvel Omnibu. Uh, this time he's going to have um, Artist Edition. Uh, he's got statues. Uh, really amazing high-end ticket items that he just gives away as, uh, as, as prizes. I think if you buy your ticket, you get a raffle ticket. Um, and then you can buy more raffle tickets for, I think, a couple bucks a piece if you want them. Um, but either way, it's, uh, it's pretty badass stuff. Um, you... Uh, can pre-order your tickets. Uh, it will be ten dollars if you pre-order for the weekend, uh, and you can do that at uh, wildpigcomics.com. Uh, if you choose not to pre-order, first of all, shame on you because you should. But if for some reason you're not sure you can go, and at the last second you decide to pop on over, um, it will be ten dollars at the door for Saturday or Sunday, uh, and then fifteen dollars at the door for a weekend pass. 
So hook it up. There's um, hotel information if you're from out of town. Uh, there's going to be an after party on Saturday night, which will be uh, at an Irish pub owned by the father of one of the Wild Pig crew. Um, so sounds like a blast. I'm really looking forward sure to it. I already does. cleared it. Already cleared it with the uh, with the wife, so I'm definitely nice. in for for Saturday, and hopefully we'll uh, at least partake in in a couple beers at the after hour before I head home. So um, I should be there for most of the day. So uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a blast. So check it out, awesome. Wild Pig Comics. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what was the date again for people like me who don't really pay attention? Uh, Saturday, May fifth, which it's open doors open at 10 a.m. Go to 6 p.m. Uh, and then Sunday, May sixth, uh, again 10 a.m. This time till 5 p.m. And uh, I'm if you pre-order. Your tickets, you uh, can get in line uh, at 9 a.m. And the reason that's important is that this also happens to be free comic book day. And Chris will have an innumerable amount of free comic book day merch. And if you pre-order, you will get first dibs. And I believe he's allowing uh, anyone while supplies last to take one copy of every comic. And he's going to have, I think, 25 to 30 different free comics. So theoretically, you could come away with... 25 to 30 free books just for buying a ticket, which is pretty fantastic. So um, I'm going to be up in there. Yeah. The Ar- Archaea one's worth the price of admission alone. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and again, I don't want to, I would imagine Chris, because he is, you know, these, these books do, contrary to some people's belief, free comic book day is not free for the retailers. Right. Um, they, they, you know, they basically get to buy these books at cost, but they still have to buy them. It's a, promo- it's a promotional event. So I would, I'm not sure what the cost of these, uh, Archaea hardcovers is, but you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be mad if, if any, if wherever you are in the country or world listening to this, if you do go to your free comic book day at your store, don't get upset if they don't have a particular book because you just don't know. I mean, it's difficult for them to figure out which to order, you know, how many to order because again, they are paying for them. And, um, so uh, I, I sincerely hope people get their hands on this Archaea book. I know I, um, if you use our other sponsor, DCB Service, they uh, they allow you to uh, pre-order five of your choice. So I certainly I, I know I pre-ordered the uh, the Archaea book. So um, yeah, I, forgot I, to, I forgot to do it. Just <laughs> sim- just send them an email. It's not too late. Yeah, not, All right, not we'll see. Late. Not for yeah. you. No, no, no. Yep. But, uh, man, I'm going to be riddled with cons in the next four weeks. And you're going to Mocha, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because uh, I think I'm going to see you there. Gary first Panther. Time Gary Panther's yeah, going to be at Mocha. And what is Mocha this year? 25th. Uh, yeah, it's two weekends from now, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it can't be the 25th because that's a Wednesday. 27th. <laughs> okay. 27th. Sure. Around there. Look it up. If you're interested in Mocha, do a Google search. Yeah, you got to go. Sponsor. P. Craig Russell. Woo. Gary Panther. Do you need any more reason Jason to go? Wood. Jason Wood. Jason Wood. All right. Donna. Let's do, <laughs> let's, let's do the drink roll call. Can I go first? Go ahead. Yeah, sure. Are we doing a drink roll call? Yeah, I might as well. Oh, right. that's right. Because if you've noticed, Chris isn't here this have. week. We don't know where he is. Where's He's, Where's Christo? I don't know. He's AWOL. We, we have no idea where he is. If you see Chris Neesman on the street at a convention... In the men's bathroom on the turnpike, doing what Chris yeah, usually does in the men's bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Do us a favor and call the hotline. <laughs> Please. It's For called once. Where in the World is Christopher Neesman? Mm-hmm. Make up something funny. Under three minutes, please. We've been yeah, having short, a, short and sweet. We've been having some people very energetic, very enthusiastic, <laughs> and they're leaving like seven, eight minute 
phone messages. So I'm going to either like split those up or truncate where applicable. So the the key is to know when to quit. It's very true. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's true. We have an ADD riddled society. So less is really more if you want to be listened to. Um, And, and just so that, just to elaborate on Chris's point, we're not kidding. Chris is, uh, is, is on walkabout. Mm-hmm. And uh, for very, well, he, is, st- he is this week, and and he'll probably. I want to say that he'll be here for the con wrap up. I don't know, okay. dude. I don't know. I'm um, I'm, I'm giving him benefit of the doubt for that. Okay, but walk yes, about, so I, walk about, the point man. is 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 for for there's a chance that for the uh, the 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 near future, Chris will be on walkabout doing things that may not involve our show for a few right. weeks. And we want to know result, where he is, yeah. We need to know where he is because he's been evasive. He's, it's been cloak and dagger. So call us and let us know if you see him. The more embarrassing and ridiculous the phone call, the better. The, be- the more likely it will get played. It's true. And the more likely it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Okay. In hey, lieu before of- we jump into comics, I just want to do a quick thank you if I could. Okay. Oh! Well, um, you know, we have a fantastic group of, of community members Uh which uh, have all gotten to know each other uh, through our forums, which are at uh, forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com nice. or 11oClockComics.com. But um, this, we've got the second annual uh, 11 O'Clock EOC Anthology Project that's been underway, um, which uh, is really a Herculean effort uh, by a lot of the guys. And um, I'm happy cover, to though. be – what's that? Shitty cover, though. <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously, I don't kind of hack. They got to hammer that out, but um, they, uh, you know, as as many of us did, I, I was happy to be a sponsor to the project. And um, as part of my sponsorship, I was entitled to a, uh, a quote unquote sketch of my choice. So um, the the dudes uh, all asked me what I wanted, and I said I'd love an aphrodisiac sketch. So I got in the mail this week from. Our boy, the one and only Monster. I saw this. This is awesome. I got yeah. a commission. I mean, this thing is not a sketch. Yeah. This <laughs> thing is like a fully, I mean, it would do Jim Rugg proud, put it that way. In fact, I hope I'll have to send a, a, a scan of this to Jim because I'm sure he'll get a kick of it. But it is uh, a fully rendered aphrodisiac page. And it's um, it says aphrodisiac starring in Black Mamba Resurrection. <laughs> and it's got a beautiful vintage I guess it's a Cadillac right or you know some kind of vintage car yeah with aphrodisiac standing there with his hands on his on his waist shirtless uh, with uh, a, a, a dead snake right beneath him and then a beautiful brunette in a bikini with a shotgun on his left and a beautiful short-haired blonde uh, in uh, Daisy Dukes and a bikini top with uh, two handguns on his right, and she happens to have a bionic leg. And uh, he's saying, ladies, a little head, and he'll come back around. And then the next one says, same can't be said for the mother sucker who did this. It's really unbelievable. I mean, uh, it's so far and above anything I could have hoped for when they said a sketch. You know, I thought it was going to be like a quick head sketch or something. So it's amazing. It will definitely uh, be framed and go up in the gallery. So thank you so much, Monster. It's awesome. You're, you uh, you continue to get better and better. I, when I first met you, you were kind enough to give me a um, a uh, Walking Dead uh, sketch, which was awesome. And uh, and this is even you know probably significantly uh, more tight and polished than that was, and that was only a year or two ago. So 
you're uh, you're killing it, dude. And thanks so much. I really appreciate it. And so if, a- if uh, you do want to, you can uh, see Monster at the Boston Comic Con at the at the end of April, where he will have a table in Artist Alley, I believe. Nice. nice. Yes. I'm gonna call him the Hammer. You know why? Why? Because he nailed that one. He nailed it. Uh, Somebody's been reading their Urban Dictionary. Look That's at you. Right. You're the hammer. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So who wants to go first? Let me see. We are exactly 20 minutes in. You want me to go first? Just so I don't get all, sh- <laughs> all shitty? We're schedule. <laughs> schedule. I love that. I love that. Yes, so politely. You want me to go first? Can I go first? All right. Uh, all right. Because this is not um, a visual medium, uh, at this point, you would see the screen kind of go all wavy. And what does that indicate? A flashback? Well, we don't have that luxury, so we have to wing it and and get by with uh, sounds. So for my piece here, we got to go back in time a little bit tonight. Ooh, to 1952. 52. Wow. Not not that far back, but it's a very important year. Well, like 18, 19. Extremely important year. 60 not years only ago. that was your birth. That was your birth year. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, not only for comics, but for humor as well, because the the something something that came out in 1952 not only transformed comics forever, but uh, humor in America took an upswing in the in the wake of this man. And uh, I'm going to start it off by uh, talking about copycatism. I don't know if that's a word, but I like it. Copycatism. It's always been rampant in the comic industry because whenever a uniquely themed or or visually styled title manages to find a sizable audience, publishers will flock like vultures to, to pick at inspiration's bones. And they flood the newsstands back then and comic shops now with seemingly unending waves of like looks and that's a Cerebus reference if you didn't get it. In So in the 90s, right, we had the if bad girl. tell them what it is, dude. Well, yeah. you wouldn't get it because you didn't read Cerebus. I was doing it for yeah. your edification. Yes, I did. You read all of Cerebus? No. Ah. In the 90s, <laughs> we had the bad girl craze. Remember? Uh, the pro... I, remember, you still talk about the books reverently. Uh, I know, or at least they're at least they're survivors, the surviving entities that were once those bad girls. The girl cream, ones. the cream of the bad girl craze. That Vampirilla, that's Tarot. Right. Um, what's up, little man? Why are you in my room? Oh, <laughs> get the get oh, the hell out, Vinny. What up, Vinny? <laughs> uh, I don't but, know. See, he's talking. He's talking about women, and he's talking about the little man. So it can be taken in quite no. true ways. I, I would say medium man. Uh, the, the, in the proliferation of the mini and maxi series occurred in the 80s. Mm-hmm. In the late 60s and 70s, you had horror-themed comic magazines. Mm-hmm. Uh, to skirt the confines of the comics code, they, they bumped up the format to a magazine-sized, and they weren't uh, beholden to the restrictions of the CCA. These these magazines spread like wildfire, right? Marvel, Didim, uh, Skywald, a bunch of uh, publishers got into the horror Craze, but this this conflagration was instigated by Jim Warren's success with Creepy and Eerie, which in itself was copycatism. It was a, an homage to uh, William Gaines's uh, brilliantly crafted series of horror and sci-fi comics under the EC banner. So it just keeps going and going. 
once somebody strikes gold, everybody's out in the mountains panning, right? And this goes all the way back to the genre that erupted into what is undoubtedly, without question, the largest and most enduring of all the rashes of replication. I am, of course, talking about the progenitor of the spandex-clad hero, Superman, right? And every character that he spawned, which I don't even think we can count them. Every, every superhero is pretty much a child of Superman, right? Mm-hmm. He was he was the first, baby. Absolutely. But arguably one of the most blatant attempts at siphoning off the success of others can be seen in the multitude of titles that sprung up in response to William Gaines and Harvey Kurtzman's Mad, which oh, premiered. That's my shit, dude. Yes, right. Which premiered in 1952 mm. as a standard for the time sized comic book. It, it, Mad was hugely influential, but not at first. William Gaines lost a significant amount of money on the first five issues. The the people didn't know what to make of it. New, uh, news agents didn't know where to shelve it. What was this thing, right? Uh, and, and he sunk money into it for five issues, but with the sixth, readership started to grow, and it grew exponentially. I didn't think at one point... It's kind of like our is, show. I know. It's not as, not as funny. At one point, <laughs> our show, that is, at one point, Mad was selling 750,000 to a million copies an issue. And Can that's, you imagine, dude? That's just for the comic-sized version. When it jumped to a magazine, they were selling more. Mm. Unbelievable. Um, so, true to form, the imitators soon sprang up like maggots. If Mad was a sleek and stylish ocean liner, I, I enjoyed writing this part, the many copycats ranged from seaworthy though uninspired ships to downright leaky dinghies. Humbug. Yes. No, that was Kurtzman, so you can't say that's an <laughs> Uh Many examples I mean. of which can be seen in the pages of the book I read for this week. It's from Fanographics. Oh, it's yeah. called The Sincerest Form of Parody. Yes. It's awesome. Um, I, I, was, I was wanting to see this book. Yeah, it's uh, $24.99, 192 full-color pages. It is edited by, the, by John Benson, and there's a foreword by Jay Lynch, a really informative forward by Jay Lynch. He he takes the um the angle of what mad meant to him as a kid, how it transformed him. And um I, I really appreciated one of the the uh, the hooks he sunk into this where he said, you know, Harvey Kurtzman's humor was more often than not extremely deep, very far over the heads of children. And he was reading remember the mad parody of Archie? Way back when. Yes, 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 yes. And uh, it was entitled Starchy. Uh, and Veronica, her character is named Salonica, right? <laughs> and and he just, yeah, that's cool, you know, uh, took it at face value. And he didn't understand what it meant when he was a child. And I, I didn't understand it either until Mr. Lynch told me. So uh, apparently, uh, when he was in school a decade later, listening to a lecture... Salonica, the name popped up, and it, it was the Greek city to which the Sephardic Jews fled to avoid the Spanish Inquisition. 
and it suddenly dawned on him that for five centuries, Salonika had been the home of Sephardic Judaism, and he didn't know until it was in, he was in college, and he, he grabbed onto the Jewish American princess implication of her name in this comic strip that Kurtzman wrote. Now, to, to, for a child to get that, I didn't get it. I have no idea that, that, uh, you know, Sephardic Judaism, am I, am I even saying it right? Yes. David, am I am? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to the source, right? So it, <laughs> it's safe to say that, that Harvey Kurtzman not only had a gift for sight gags, but he had a real wit, a real sharp, deep, and wide wit that he would infuse his work with little data bits that were that were way beyond his readership and it wasn't until years later that they finally got into it now listen to this this is just um the the first wave of copycats uh clinging on the the like lamfreys on mad you had bug house crazy eh flip get lost madhouse nuts panic which was of course from william gaines uh ec comics themselves they figured hey Everybody else is making money off Mad. Let's do the same thing. Make some more money, right? Uh, a comic called Riot, Wild, and Whack. This book features what I'm assuming is the most notable examples from most of these copycat books. From EC, you have works by Al Feldstein, Jack Davis, and Will, mm. El- Will Elder. Now, there... Most, uh, no, all of these comics that appear in this, uh, sincerest form of parody are loaded with chicken fat. You know what chicken fat is as it is applied to comics? It's a, a, a phrase coined by Will Elder himself. Mm. And what he meant by that is the little extra narrative bric-a-brac that litters the panels of a work of sequential art. Mm-hmm. Which are, you know, most prevalent in, hu- in humor comics. That's chicken fat. Now, when you, when you have, and, and Harvey Kurtzman's stuff is loaded with that, but Will Elder, I think, pushes the meter into the red line. You'll have a character, you know, in, in some kind of setting, maybe wearing an apron, and the apron will say something, or there'll be a box in the background, and the box will have a, a funny logo on it, or a, you know, a sly in joke. Um, if there's there's one comic strip in here that Elder did with a, a lion in it and on, on the, a tiger and on the side of the tiger's body it says dry cleaned by the tiger rag rug company I mean that has no bearing on the story whatsoever that is chicken fat it's just something to uh, another thing to titillate the reader you know maybe get a couple chuckles out of them and th- this stuff is loaded with it every strip in this book is just brimming with chicken fat if you read this book you will never get a cold for at least ten so, years, because there's a lot of chicken cute. fat in it. That's oh, cute. look at you! Like ha ha ha! So, 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 chicken fat isn't necessarily a derogatory or a negative term. No, it's a good term. Okay. It mean it means um, dense as, in as, terms as you're of explaining content. it, as, as as you're explaining how it's it's extra within the page that you know doesn't add anything. It it reminded me of the soldiers from King City, and and what was I, written under chainsaws and things it, like that. I was just going to say that. King I'm City just... and Orkstein are high in the chicken fat content. Uh-huh. Yes, that's right. Um, so we don't skim this kind of chicken fat in this book. We leave it in there. From uh, St. John, who published uh, Norman Mars in here, Carl Hubber, William Overgaard, Carlton 
has a, a nice um, selection of books from Eh and uh, others. Dick Ayers does some work, and there's three pieces, two by Jack Kirby himself, one mm-hmm. by Jack and Joe Simon. How could you not buy this book? It's hard not to. Joe yeah, Manili's in here. Bill Everett, Dan DiCarlo. One of the funniest stories is the return of Captain Marvel, and it's a takeoff <laughs> on, on Captain Marvel, Shazam. It's really neat because when this story was published, Captain Marvel hadn't been in circulation for years, going back to that DC and Fawcett lawsuit. Yeah. So, and e- even <laughs> in the in the, um, I mean, they would t- they were shameless in their appropriation of the mad style the captain marble um strip starts off with nostalgia nook of nauseation you know how harvey used to say um your mother's laundry department and then start this little caption of you know what the story was going to be he would make little departments for each like as if there was physical departments within the mad bullpen that that was in charge of this stuff um out of the flocks of the great superheroes of yesteryear who once hammed or jammed the skies, and boy, were there some collisions, there is one perhaps you remember vividly who has since passed forever into limbo. But what with the return of whoses and the comeback of whatses, why not dig up that blazing chump, uh, champion of the law, the great, the one and only, thank heaven, Captain Marble. And you know who this story was by? Who dat? Ross, Andrew, and Mike Esposito. Stop. I'm not wow. kidding. Not That's kidding. awesome. There's one, two, three, four examples of Ross, Andrew, and Mike they, Esposito they, they, team-ups in here. They were a pretty good team on Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> they did what they could with the book. Very, very well. Uh, you have High Fleischmann's in here, the Iger Studio, so it looks like... Uh, Eisner stuff. Uh, and amazingly, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven pieces by Howard Nostrand, who does not get wow. enough credit as far as I'm concerned. Um, there's a story in here called V for va- for vampire, but it's with a W, so it's V for vampire. Vampire. Uh, about, uh, yeah. about a girl going through vampire school. Man, Howard Nostrand can draw a woman. I mean, we we like to talk about um, Wally Wood and, and others of his ilk that were noted f- uh, for their depiction of the female form. Howard Nostrand was no damn slouch. I mean, for a kid looking at this book, there's n- she has a dress on, but there is absolutely nothing to the imagination. Mm-hmm. She ain't wearing a bra underneath the dress. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, yeah. It is sexy as hell, but. And and so I'm reading this fantastic book, and I'm thinking, as I'm going through, I'm seeing examples of all of the things that sequential art does really well. And in terms of the humor genre, I think it's safe to say that it really is more comics than comics like we 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 see exaggeration in superhero comics right we we see um excellent examples of of this using the medium to its fullest in scattered bursts right but i think humor comics are they encapsulate everything that's wonderful about the art form all the thing that it's capable of doing you'll find in a humor strip which is nuts like uh, and this brings me to mort walker who who wrote a book uh, wrote a book called The Lexicon of Comicana. And mm-hmm. and what what this book was 
he invented words to describe the abstract representations comic artists employ to depict the 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 mental and emotional states and, and various and sundry physical events occurring within the minds and bodies of their characters now what i mean by this is do you ever see um a robert crumb comic when a character experiences some kind of surprise and he falls backwards out of the panel with his shoes the 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 bottoms of his shoes in view of the reader like boing and the character goes backwards and there's an arc like there's arc lines depicting the direction in which the character is moving there's a name for those according to mort walker they're called swaloops really or blurgits yes this is Mort okay. Walker. He coined these terms, right? And and in again from the Robert Crumb little trick he would pull, where the character would fall backward, there would be like a a, a cloud of dust, right? You've seen it. You have to. Yeah. That cloud of dust is called a briffit. Ah. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Um, a character expressing some kind of shock. Or, or or surprise those those lines that emanate from the from the the head or the forehead. Uh-huh. Those are called emanata. <laughs> really, I've yeah. heard that before. Emanata. Okay. Uh, Rick Veach's Doctor Blasphemy in in Brat Pack. Uh. Do, do, do you know the whenever a character swears within uh-huh. a comic and you see the 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 ampersand and the exclamation yeah. point and the, the you know the crosshatch, that's called a grolix. Huh. I like edification, it. my friends. Yes, my favorite is the uh, water droplets that emit from characters' heads when when they're like sweating or Found mostly they're, they're, in manga. Yes, they're, yeah, they're exasperated or, or you sure. know just plain stressed out. Those are called pludes. Oh. Say it, pludes. Pludes. <laughs> what up, pludes? But no. it's, <laughs> and you see all of those. In, in this this book and it, and it's very endemic to the humor genre I mean humor takes everything that comics can do really well that no other art form can do movies can't do a, a, a plude right they'll just show the sweat and that's cool but it, I mean when, when you exaggerate and, and you abstract a concept it's always more impactful in my opinion right because you're, you're distilling it down to the thing that says, that encapsulates that, that concept in as few strokes as possible, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. And, and, it's, and it's all in humor comics. Uh, now, phys- go ahead. I was just, so you're, you're mentioning Mort Walker, the author, as far as this book is concerned. But mm-hmm. do you not want to just maybe mention a couple other things he might have worked on that people might know him from? I don't know. I, I've never seen the guy's work before. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> don't even, dude. <laughs> Why don't be, you tell be, them, Mr. Enthusiast? It would be a very car ride. Mr. Enthusiast. Why don't dude, you tell them? Mort Walker. Because when I hear Mort Walker, the first thing I think of is Beetle Bailey. Duh. And then, of course, high and lowest, but it's uh, it's like Lois so was I'm, hot. I'm waiting. I'm waiting, dude. Lois is raw, and I'm waiting for for like it to come around to the comic strips that that I would read on a regular. I didn't, and and the dude's 88 years old now, but I it, I'm waiting, and and I'm just I'm loving everything you're saying about this book, and and the fact that we haven't even touched on his bread and butter is just I 
I love finding out other things that people's work I enjoy, what else they did. So thank you for yeah. that. You know, I got to be honest. Jack's work, it's good in this. And, and, and Jack had a, had a knack for comedy, as w- evidenced by uh, uh, not Bran Ech, right? But there are strips that outshine his. I will say it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Blasphemy. Yeah. I don't know, because he kind of said that about about Sunday Funnies, too. It's like, I don't know, the dude ain't, the dude ain't carrying his weight anymore. Oh, sure he is. Like, <laughs> Jack has a, a strip in here called Expressions. And, and it's a, it's a single page strip with a Red Skelton like character just, just making faces. He's, he's reacting to an, an out of scene narrator. Uh, like, uh, what do you think of our big bustling cities? And the guy's kind of dejected and he's looking down, looking down. He's like, what do you think of girls? And the guy's like, eh, he perks up and he's got, you know, two snaggle teeth there. What do you think of boys? And he gives them the hairy eyeball. It's cute and it's, it's Jack's. So it's drawn really well, but ultimately there are many better strips in here than this one. But it doesn't mean to say that it's poop. It's just, it just doesn't smell as nice as the rest of the strips, right? All right. In terms of humor, if you put Jack next to Will Elder, mm, uh, <laughs> I got to hand it to Will Elder. Yeah. I know. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's... Uh, I don't think Will Elder could have successfully illustrated the post-apocalyptic adventures of the last boy on Earth, right? So everybody has their strengths. And Jack was a strong, strong uh, stylist, but Will Elder, man, that guy's in a class all his own. The chicken fat be flowing sweet in his stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and uh, exaggeration, we see that a lot in, in superhero comics, naturally, the physical proportions of the heroes, right? Sure. Um, in horror comics, shadows and, 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 and settings are exaggerated, long dark shadows to, to set the mood and, and, and the creatures that populate the horror genre are, of course, exaggerations and abstractions. But in, in the, in the humor genre, if you're going to sell a bit of physical humor. You got to exaggerate the shit out of it, right? You you got to make that point, bring it home to the reader. It, if somebody falls and and they depict it as a person would fall in real life, it's not yeah. nearly as funny. Right. Well, that's why they, guys like uh, I mean, that's why guys like Don Martin and right. Uh, I mean, it, it, you know, that's the you, you got the sound effect, you got the exaggerated anatomy. You got I mean, that it sells it. Yeah, it makes it funnier. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. brings me back to my point that. Humor comics do a lot of things. A lot of genres in comics do all in one. Yes, that's yep. why you should really. I mean, we, we, yes, we talk about uh, uh, our fair share of horror and sci-fi and superhero here, but we don't really go into the humor a lot. And it's just True. because you know a lot of us f- aren't really tapped into it at at Can't certain times. Justice. Like. I don't know about that. It's just that uh, I don't think it's Chris's taste. Well, it's it's hard to it. It's like it's like oh, you have to be there, or you know, why aren't you laughing? It's funny, and and it kind right. of loses little things when when you're you trying do. to explain what you see on the page. Ex- exactly. I could talk so, about Will Elder's magnificent drawing, but unless you see it, you're not going to get the the real potency of his work. And and I know that we can have conversations about why we we may not like certain artists or, or why we would think that you know a particular artist has done better work elsewhere or when when someone on the forum disagrees with or, or can't see why 
we would feel a certain way about an artist and we talk about how they know the rules to break. It's like this person could have just been taking shortcuts because they just learned how to draw reading 90s comics or they actually know what they're doing and they know the rules that they can break and, and get away with it. And when I would read Mad Magazine and I'd see Don Martin's characters walking down the street with the exaggerated foot and the, and, and the toes bent forward and, and just seeing that stride and the way the way humor artists draw their stories it just that kind of formed my feeling on how i feel about artwork about how what, what i look for from certain artists and 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 if i there is no one like don martin but i can i can look at what i've seen don martin do and see why i like John Romita Jr. or or Gil Kane or or Howard Shake or anything like that just because of of how the image is 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 presented to us. Right. When we were kids, Frank Robbins did not have a good reputation on the block. Uh not not just when you were kids, but yeah. Yeah, um the the most prevalent criticism was it's all weird. Like look look at the way that bo- that guy's body's moving like his legs all over there and why not exaggerate? I mean Frank Robbins had such a a knack for exaggeration and and just moving the body in at first you know, it's funny because, I have to agree strange ways right but when you look mm-hmm. at it now his stuff is in motion constantly I mean even right. people, when characters are standing still they look like they got somewhere to go Mhm I was going to say I mean I think I've gone full full circle because uh, I mean, I don't think I would read. I don't think I would be the comic book fan I was if it wasn't for Mad, because you know, and 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 that's why every time you know you get a chance to get a Jack Davis collection or the Don Martin, you know, oversized hardcover or the you know the uh, the Al Jaffe fold-in collection from last year. Like that's why those things tickle me to 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 no end, um, because that was the stuff that was really the first um, cartooning that I really loved. And to your point, though, it, it, I I I love that stuff, and that was the the stuff that I was into at the beginnings. And yet, for a long time, as a as a comic book reader, as you know, I generally wasn't a fan of quote unquote exaggerated anatomy or non realistic work, you know. And then the last you know maybe decade, a little less, I've come back around to really appreciating, if not preferring, the stuff that isn't purely conventional, you know, like that isn't purely yeah. realistic, and so. I never really thought of it in the context of it being full circle. Like I would, I've often thought of it as how my tastes have evolved, but I never brought it back to my preference for things like, uh, you know, the th- things like Aragones and Martin and stuff that clearly were very exaggerated, and yet I loved it. So uh, it's interesting to think about it that way, yeah. like how your tastes evolve over time and what what draws you in at different points in your life or your you know your your arc of appreciating a type of art form. You know, yeah, you got to get back to your woods. Would. Yeah. Dude, speaking of that, you know, the artist edition, you saw that they announced the Jack Davis artist edition? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. It's going to be really hard to resist that one. Yeah, I haven't bought one yet. I do not own any of them, but this is one that I, I think Same I'll definitely here. get. Yeah. Same here. Well, to cap it off, uh, it's awful strange not having someone tell me to wrap it up. Damn. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> wrap it up, Vince. I, I, I hope it comes back soon. The um, uh, there's an extensive notes section at the end of the book by John Benson. Really informative, high data content. Um, it, it turns out that all of these imitators did not last very long. In fact, 
I think before Matt hit its eighth or ninth issue, they were all gone. So there you go. People knew quality wow. when, when they saw it. And honestly, you cannot overstate uh, Harvey Kurtzman's importance to American humor, not only in, sequen- in terms of sequential art, but, but how humor developed in America owes a lot to Harvey Kurtzman. I mean, Saturday Night Live, you would not have any of that that if it wasn't for Harvey Kurtzman. Yeah, Um, I mean, Chevy Chase got his start writing for um, Lampoon. mm -hmm. um, You wouldn't have that. Yeah, that's what I mean. And he talked about how formative the Mad Magazine Kurtzman stuff was to him and the other original writers on the show, you know. And and so, absolutely, I mean, that's, you know. um, And and then when Mad made the jump to magazine size, eventually you had the imitators again. Crazy, Lampoon, uh, Sick from from Carlton, Cracked. uh, Cracked, I think Cracked was the only one that came extremely close to capturing what Mad captured. Yep, there, I read you know, I a lot of great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Our our boy John John Severin. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a mainstay. I, yeah, big time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only thing I mean, I I did enjoy, and I came on very late towards the end of its life. But Crazy wasn't too bad. First ten issues are gold. Are they really? Oh my! The first issue, landmark. Yeah. I, um, I remember the last issue vividly. I mean, Obnoxio wasn't really the world's greatest mascot when you compare it to like Alfred E. Newman or, or Sylvester, but it it was it was the only one. I guess I also had a I was partial to it because it was published by Marvel, so there was mm-hmm. there was that connection there. But it yeah no it, it was in it wasn't in the same league to me as as Mad or even Crazy. Right. And to even pat Mr. Kurtzman on the back further, uh, his humor was was very anti-establishment, which is um, one of the few ingredients pretty much unique to all of the underground comics, the the original underground comics. So again, I, I really don't think you would have had a movement that strong were it not for, for Harvey Kurtzman. Yeah. And the, the guy's fingers are in a million different pies to this yeah. day. Mad TV. My my kids just think it's yeah. Crazy because we, we it, actually it, watched it uh, an hour before we started recording, before the kids went to bed. It it pokes fun at at the sacred cows, and it's not ashamed yeah. to do it. it Dude, unabashed. moves like Jabba. Forget it. And it, oh, kidding yeah. and it, and it, it, it oh uses, my god! It uses the art style of those old magazines. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's great stuff. It is. People. It's really fantastic. Yeah. Uh, pick this book up. If you're well-versed in humor comics, you'll love it. If you're not, you'll get a, a, a humor 101 from this thing. It is fantastic. If, if you if you have any interest in fun or things that have quality, buy this book. Yeah, Fantagraphics, sincerest form of parody. You can get it cheap on uh, Amazon or probably through Insight Trades. It's a really good book. should be on your bookshelf. Cool. Oh, nice. Wishlist awesome. added. What's that? Wishlist added. Oh, you know this. <laughs> so what do we got? I'm sick of talking. I'm uh, I'm drinking Menage a Trois, just so everybody can. Ah, nice. If you people taking score at home, put that down for David. There you go. Nice. Um, so I hinted last week that I was going to talk about an anthology this week. Oh yeah. And uh, longtime listeners uh, and friends of the show know that I'm a I'm a pretty hearty fan of of anthologies. Um, I try and read them as often as I can whenever uh, I may come across them. 
So this anthology in particular is probably one of the better known anthologies in a long time. Um, and to me, this this book is as impressive for the story with which it came to be as it is for the finished product that I'm holding in my hands. Um, and I am talking about um, Womanthology. Ah. Oh. So um, for those that don't know, uh, the the what I'm now holding, which is a beautiful, oversized hardcover by IDW, um, started out a year ago. Um, actually, a year. Well, not even ten months ago, I guess. Um, Renee Deliz, who's a, a creator, um, sent a tweet out uh, to her Twitter peeps, her her, her tweeble, um, and it just said, "Female creators." Would you be interested in being a part of an anthology made by all females, possibly published, with profits for a cause? That's it. And she sent that out with no real plan. Just it had an idea in her head. Hey, maybe we could get something going if there's enough interest. Let's see what we can do. Um, and before you know it, before you knew it, um, they had set up a website and a Kickstarter program. And uh, you know we've talked about Kickstarter quite a bit. And within the month that they had set their goal of $25,000, they had raised uh, almost $110,000. Um, nice. Uh, nice. Uh, you you're all crackly, by the way. You're all crackly. Um, but it, now, the, since the, that time, in the last year, Kickstarter's had tremendous growth, and so there have been some really astounding uh, monetary values in the projects. But at this particular time, this was one of the, if not the largest, comics-related funding I think that they had had, um, and it it ended up being um, an all women's anthology with more than a hundred and fifty female contributors. Uh, which you know, I'm hugely into. I, I mean, I, I both professionally and and obviously from what we do, fascinated by the evolution of social media. Um, you know, I'm very active on Twitter, obviously. Um, not so much on Facebook, but but I certainly appreciate Facebook for what it is. Um, and so to think that literally 10 months ago, this idea was nothing but a simple idea that popped in her head while she was on Twitter. And and fast forward to now, and it's this amazingly uh, voluminous, well-put-together hardcover collection um, is impressive, right? I mean, that's it's like shockingly impressive that this that, that you could go from idea to – formative complete work especially when in, you're talking about a collaborative effort of hundreds of people is astonishing i, I really i mean I, I can't get past the fact that they did all this and literally a year ago this was not in existence in any form um so like all anthologies you you get a vastly different melange of of ideas right i mean there's there's the artwork ranges from unbelievably polished you know, and, and, and avant-garde to very realistic to, frankly, quite, you know, raw and, and, and almost amateur, right? I mean, you, you, you and that is not atypical of, of any larger um, anthology uh, project, right? I mean, you're going to get, your mileage may vary. You're going to get different different styles, different motifs, different themes, different lengths, um, and, and the same thing with the writing. I mean, some of the stories are very nuanced, very emotional, uh, others are just pure humor. Others are scary. Um, others are more, I think, um, you know, um, 
more ideas, you know, not necessarily with the form of a finished narrative. Um, and again, none of this is different from what you'd see in, in any larger anthology. With the, the, the underlying theme here, though, is, is that it's created by women. And what I really love about the, the finished work is, is, um, is, is that it's so much more than a collection of short stories. I mean, that is at its heart what it is. But what I think is impressive about the work is that throughout the entire, uh, collection, at the the bottom of each page, you get um, little biopics and little blurbs about the creators involved. You know where they're from, fun facts about them. Um, you know little little tidbits. And then the other thing is, every couple pages, you get pro tips. Um, whether it be uh, like there's a pro tip here on page eighty one. Uh, about coloring, and it just says, color choice is super important. I find that choosing a few colors and then staying within that family of closely related colors helps keep things harmonious. If I choose a certain type of red, I'll choose a similar light red, but add more gray to slightly offset it so that it's not exactly the same color, just lighter. Neutrals are great for making a few bright colors pop. Contrast is important, too, so that your colors don't look muddy. A good trick is to look at it in Photoshop and make it grayscale to see how it all reads together, you know? Like, so very specific, but very useful, presumably, if you want to learn how to color, uh, uh, tips. And there's, there's all sorts of that. Who is that from? Sorry, I just, oh, is that, geez, is I that just, from the I just creator the of that particular? Uh, hold on, you, you figured you'd ask me that first on the page. Um, <laughs> I can't find the page now. I just I flipped open randomly to a page. Okay. Let me see if I. Oh, here you go. It's uh, it's by Callie Font. I'm probably saying her name wrong, but Fontecchio, Fontecchio. Hmm. Um, and no, she is not on this page. This is not um, a page that oh, she okay. Um In fact, the the it's under it's at the bottom of one of my favorite pieces in the book, which is. Um, uh, was illustrated by Camilla Derrico, who I don't know if you guys have seen her work, but she's, I mean, it's its very um, Japanese anime-esque, you know, sort of Miyazaki-inspired stuff, but it's beautiful stuff. Um, and and, and the, the creators here range from the well-known, like Camilla or Fiona Staples or Gail Simone, um, all the way to, uh, there's, uh, to, to people that, you know, frankly, are, are Amateurs that have really, I think, this is their first published work, both writing and and art chores. You know that it runs the gamut. Um, and every bit of this book was done by females. The coloring, the lettering, the editing, um, and the way the book is divided up. Uh, it's it's again, it's 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 this is the work itself. I think is even more impressive than than any of the individual pieces. It's first it's divided up by um, there were five different women assigned uh, to be the editors. So there's. The like pages eight through seventy eight are team Jessica, team pages seventy nine through one hundred four are team Mariah, uh, one forty two through one seventy eight are team Bonnie. Then there's one seventy nine through two twenty two is team Susanna, and then the last group is team Nicole. And at the beginning of each is a uh, you know a bio about the editor, why she was chosen, what she's interested in, what she, you know what her kind of driving factors were, and then where I think it's really I mean like some of the really cooler parts are then you get to a section called kids and teens. And it's uh, it's a dozen to have to two dozen pages of uh, of fully rendered comic work by like little girls, like like teenage all the way down to like prepubescent, Aww. like like girls. Like in it's got it, and they're treated in the same way. Their names and their interests and and it's it's you know, but it's it's great. I mean, it's it's these you know, it's a chance for these girls and teenage girls to young girls and teenage girls to sort of have their stuff alongside presumably some of their idols, you know? Um, and then there's a how-to section with interviews by everyone from like Colleen Duran to Gail Simone. And, um, and it's got, you know, very, very technical, 
uh, how-tos about um, coloring and editing and, uh, you know, layouts and uh, rendering and, like, um, Ming Doyle does a thing, how to draw in ink, you know, and she shows her process. She shows, you know, rough, uh, you know, like, you know, rough blue penciled, you know, uh, stuff. And then she shows her inking process until the finished work. There's Barbara Kessel does a whole thing on how to write comics and she does nice. breakdowns and shows panels and she shows how to, how to format it and what you need, what kind of things need to be in the, 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 uh, the written scripts to help your artists realize what your, your vision for the book. Um, so it's just it's it just it dives so deeply into process and there's a um how to ink by Barbara Kahlberg and um Nai Rufino who's by the way a fetching young lass I might say uh, <laughs> how to color right and she she shows you step by step like you know starting with rendering and then like making sure you have a you, if you use a light source that you're consistent with where the light source would come from and um like how to make adjustments in Photoshop and then how to layer on effects and how not to overdo the effects because that can ruin the you know how that can ruin it just really really fascinating stuff and then there's even like David David will love this Rachel Deering does either most or all of the lettering in the book and so she's got a whole section on how to how to how to uh, how to letter and it, it's you know it's got like uh like it's first the pro the first pro tip please for the love of all that is printed do not use comic sans that's a surefire <laughs> way to become a subject of ridicule right yes pro, another pro tip lettering with non-vector rasterized fonts will sometimes make your dialogue appear blurry in print so like these are very technical like helpful yeah. tips like these aren't just like oh you know these aren't generic right fiona staples does how to draw monsters and she shows the how she created a monster by basically drawing true to form a bear a turtle a parrot and a and um, and then how how she combines all of those into what ultimately looks like a dragon creature, like how she uses the anatomy of those to, to render a dragon creature. Sounds um, awesome. Yeah, it's it great, man. It's like you know, there's there's how to color digitally. There's how to use markers. There's um, you know, how to draw hands. Like it's just basically whatever a creator wanted to, whatever part of the process she wanted to contribute, it was allowed to. And I think. And, and I'm just speculating here, but I think because the Kickstarter campaign was so successful and they raised so much money, they were really able to open this up to include just about anyone. They really didn't have to, you know, pick and choose, which can be a very difficult part of curating an anthology, right? Yeah. So um, it's just, again, the the if you're this book speaks to so many different things. If you're into supporting fledgling artists if you're into supporting women in comics which is obviously what the heart of this is about right i mean that there's not enough women in working in paid comics that that sh they should you know that we they, there should be more opportunities but if you're into process if you you know again as someone who's read comics for a long time but but in in a much it's been a much more recent thing that i've gotten into the process i mean this is like a gold mine you know i mean and then the interviews are just great i mean june uh june brigman and devin graceman and nicholas scott and wheezy our girl wheezy and robin firth and just you know it's just interviews about like how they came to be in comics and what they love most about it and what they're doing now and what they think the challenges and hurdles are still for the for women in the business and what you have to do to overcome them i mean it's just um it's just a fantastic work, and you know IDW has done an unbelievable job with really creative uh, collected editions. And again, this is this is no small part. Um, this is this is certainly right up there with it. Um, and, and I would say that that with anything, you know, this is uh, you have to know going into an anthology, regardless of what it is, whether it's the EOC anthology or Dark Horse Presents or this or 
any of the other myriad ones that we've talked about over the years, you know, your mileage is going to vary. Not every story is going to curl every person's toes. That's the very nature of the beast, right? And so, especially when you have one as expansive as this, you know, I can't tell you that every story in particular, you know, made me say, wow. But the, the thing I've always loved about anthologies, and even more so with this one because it is so expansive and so comprehensive, is the, 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 the sum total, right? It's This is... The cool thing about comics anthology is that it really is one of those things that make the cliche true of the, of the, of the sum being greater than the constituent parts, you know, and that's really what I think this epitomizes that. So mad props to Renee DeLiz, mad props to her editors, mad props to all the women involved in this. Huge kudos to the 2000 plus people on Kickstarter that got this thing going. Huge props to IDW and, and to wrap this all up, the it was just recently announced, I think in Emerald City, if not right before, that they're going to do a regular Kickstarter – I mean, I'm sorry, a regular uh, womanthology anthology comic uh, yes. through IDW. Um, I'm not sure if it's monthly, bimonthly, quarterly. I know those details are out there. I should have looked it up, but I just, I'm just – it just popped into my head. But, but – um, but certainly that's fantastic, right? I mean, because it's, yeah. again, it's a platform. I love anthologies. It's a platform for uh, women to get their ideas out there. So huge props to everybody involved in this. And it's, um, it's $50 uh, through IDW. I'm sure you can get a pretty decent discount through in stock trades or Amazon or that sort of thing while it's in stock. I don't know if this was a limited print run or not. I think it was. So this could be one of those things where you, if you are interested and I, I would recommend it, you want to probably grab it sooner rather than later. Um, maybe you know, maybe it's C2 Sados Sados. If you're there, I'm sure IDW will have a booth. They might have it there. But uh, yeah, just just huge, huge props. And again, um, it's it's the little things that I, the the process and the insights that I thought were the 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 little things that the, were the little the cherry on top of the of the ice cream, which was the uh, you know the actual nice. uh, works. So I have a couple questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, is it a mature readers title or is it all ages? You know, uh, I don't think they necessarily shy from adult themes, but I don't recall there being any overtly adult material. Okay. Um, I mean, there's a lot of works in there, but but I don't. There are certainly some, like there are pinups and that sort of thing. Um, there may be some certainly implied relationship romantic stuff, but I don't remember there being anything overtly sexual right. uh, or overtly violent. So I would we, say all ages. And again, because they have the whole section devoted towards. The young that, girls and teens. Yeah, that's I mean, what, that was my yeah, point. I was, yeah, yeah. how would you show? Hey, hey, your work mm-hmm. is in here, and then got you know they flip to a page with like, you know, penetration. Yeah. So so cool. That that's yeah. good. And and uh, second is Lisa Hannawalt in there? <sighs> Again, you're, you put, uh, let me see if there's a list of the because there's I mean there literally was I think 150 plus females involved, women wow. involved. So let me see. Uh, let me. I don't know if there's a bibliography of all the women. Involved. Let me just look here in the back of it. Is uh, she's my girl. I love Lisa Hannawalt. Here you go. Um, she's my girl. I'm just looking here. Uh, well, that's cool. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. I mean, I, I honestly, I you caught me off guard. I don't. I don't see a list here of all the. Well, that women. doesn't happen often, does it? Really? Honestly, God. There's a like... there's a list here of all the Kickstarter contributors, which is cool. Oh, um, neat. But uh, I I don't. I mean, I could be just missing it, but I do not see a list alphabetically of all the women creators that were involved. Let me see if I'm cool. Just Speaking it. of Kickstarter, uh, Ted May's injury number four is now a reality. They reached the goal on that, which is awesome. Yay. Cool. Yeah. Injury number four is coming out. Wow. Awesome. Do you hear those dogs freaking out? Yeah. No. 
Wow. Yeah, we got another one. A Yorkie. We got a, we got a Yorkie. Is, so. I love you guys to death, but your, your, your love affair with mini dogs baffles me a little. I love the compact Dude, dog. I know. I know, man. I can't wait to get a dog that doesn't run on batteries. Seriously, dude. Dude. Uh, 11 o'clock team up. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. So what else we got? Dappy hasn't talked much. Uh, yeah, I got to see. I um. As far as notes and in quotes go for this week, I don't have much. I, I, nice. I kind of did. Yeah, you know, I figured what the hell. Cool. I figured if, if one of us isn't going to be here, why should anybody else try? So the uh, awesome. the the he's on a walkabout. I believe tonight he's uh, he's hanging out with uh, our boy from down under. Not he Dan. Is. Roland not, Pierce. Uh, yes, not uh, not Andrew Shaw. I want to, you know, at least mention the five or six people we have from Australia that listen. Um, but, uh, and, and not Rebecca, so he is hanging out with Roland Pierce tonight at the Cubs game. Um, but I, uh, I've been reading a couple of things here and there. I have, I do want to give my boy Jason some, uh, some ups because, uh, a couple yeah. weeks ago, and I read the first couple of issues, but I didn't stick with it because I just figured I'd catch up with it later on. So uh, it was one of the things that got called years ago. Uh, but apparently there was a little bit of a um, uh, a faux pas at, uh, at Comixology's store, and they were offering the Wasteland Omnibus Volume 1, which is like 35 or so issues, for I think one ninety nine. Get what? out of here! Instead of instead of, in, instead of nineteen ninety nine, yeah. Oh my gosh! And and because I had the uh, the fire. You know what? I, that's I hope Comicsology makes uh <laughs> makes Chris Mitten and, and Anthony Johnson whole on that. Like I, I hope that's no for real. I mean that would. Suck. No, I, I agree with you. Yes, yeah. I mean, it, I, and I just I um I believe it was fixed relatively soon because well it was weird. I I had my fire at work with me and that's where I bought it from. So it went through. Uh, Amazon's storefront, even though I can download it through the Comixology app, and I can I can see it there. I, I downloaded it to my iPad, so I it, it's in my purchases. But if I went to Comixology comics dot comixology dot com, it was the regular nineteen ninety nine. So I don't know if it was a if it was just a platform issue where where, where the mix up occurred, but I'll say I'm one of the lucky people that that, that got it on the match. Wow, you are nice. lucky. And, uh, and and so I'm I'm rereading those early issues and and um and I forgot how how enjoyable the the back matter was in in uh, like in the second issue where where it's uh it's it's just it's a text piece from the point of view of a character yeah in 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 the book and and or in that in that time uh but I mean the art is 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 gorgeous um I see a lot of Frank Miller in that art. Definitely, I can see yeah, that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, some of the uh, some of the the grayscaling through because I'm I'm looking at it on on the iPad screen and not and and I can zoom in fine, um, but it wasn't as confusing as another book that that I read this weekend uh, again through the Comicsology app. But uh, so I'm 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 going back through through my Wasteland stuff and I'm I'm gonna read the first couple dozen issues of, of that series uh another book that i read i read the first issue because it was i think a freebie of atomic robo and comiXology also has the first collection for like i think 499 
and and so you can get like the first six issues that way and and get a uh, it it gets you into the atomic robo character and 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 his universe and and atomic robo is basically just a a robot that uh is created by Nikola Tesla uh Ding. Rob- works for uh Tesla Dyne Industries and and he is part of a uh, of, of an action science team that uh basically investigate uh strange phenomena like 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 a pyramid that just ups and starts walking and uh and and it it I can see some of the Hellboy comparisons that I've seen over the years um it is very different from Hellboy it 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 has a different humor the the art is is very different um but it's still it's still enjoyable and unfortunately the first issue or two there were some unfortunate i guess word balloon placements because there were some some panels where i was just a little lost as to what was going on i had to go back and and see if if things were were, were jibing the way i i thought they were that, that that they were supposed to um but aside from from those little uh, gaffes yeah yeah thank you i'll uh I, it, it's still it's it's enjoyable it's fun it's it's i mean you, you get a lot you, quite a bang for your buck with with with, with that collection um i've never but it 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 uh it it unfortunately it i don't know i don't really know when this started but unfortunately like the first couple of of issues are self-contained they they're done in one issues and then like around issue i think 3 or 4 we 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 have a two-parter and but the way the the issue ends because i'm i'm reading it digitally and i'm not like at the end of a physical comic book i um i i'm not sure if this story is ending here and we're just going to go in a completely different direction in the next issue or if as soon as i swipe the screen if i'm going to have this story continued and I, I don't know when they stop doing to be continued at, at, at the end of an issue or, or a little caption letting you know that, you know, Hey, this isn't over. And this isn't the only book that, that I've seen do this, that there, there are other mostly independent, not big two stories. Although there have been a couple stories here and there from, from, from the other guys that I just, if I'm reading something, I don't, I don't want to, have my hand held, but I would like just an idea that this is a little different than, than what we've given you the past couple of issues, and and we're going, we're telling the story a little differently here. And um, once I realized that the pyramid story was continuing and everything was right as rain, and and we were moving along, but um, you know, I haven't read many things from um, from Red Five Comics, so I don't know if this is par for the course for them. I don't know if this is just something the Atomic Robo team does from time to time but i don't th- that doesn't detract from the work that 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 uh that these guys are doing so um i feel like I, I should read atomic robo i think i think you dig it it's it's um i mean it's it's witty it's clever uh robo's sense of humor is is great he um there's uh, the first story kind of takes place uh around world war 2 uh, so, so, so there's an evil Nazi scientist that, uh, that that's pretty much his arch nemesis. Um, but it and is you said Tesla. If anything is going to get me to read it, it's 
you know, Nikolai Tesla. Yeah, it's it's uh, when 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 Robo is is in, is recruited by the government to uh, to help. They the government enlists him and and they um they promise him um in in return for for helping the army he will get uh, he'll be granted full United States citizenship which I guess is something that that, that he desires so um it's it is it is well written I I think the art fits the story very well the team is is great that. Uh, that Robo works with um, the 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 ideas, the scientific ideas are are wacky and out there, and you know in in the physics in 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 the world that these people exist in, um, everything makes sense. That nothing is like you're not reading it going, oh my god, this wouldn't happen. But dude, you you realize you're reading a a, a comic book with a robot as as the leader of of a team and things like that. So there are just you really can't read this and 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 ever say that would never happen and and i i did enjoy it like i said i I've, i read the first issue years ago and and it's it's something that, and i know people on the forum love it and and uh and rightfully so it, it is enjoyable stuff i do not know how many collections there are i don't know how many minis that they've had over the years but it's it's definitely a book that um that i would recommend and i will seek more out of all um I have my alert set for Comixology for when uh, for when the specials come on for for those collections. Um, and the other thing that that I read that I really enjoyed because I had no expectations going in was uh, John Carter Gods of Mars, which of course has art by the wonderfully talented Ramon Perez. Oh, the Marvel one. Okay, cool. Yes, yeah, Marvel. I haven't read any of the Dynamite stuff, but this one, it's I think it's a five issue mini, but the first issue. Absolutely loves the art. I don't. I really didn't even care. He's what a sick bastard, now. isn't he? Dude, it's 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 insane. I mean, he's 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 like, um, the way I think we're feeling about Perez is is the way I guess we felt about Somni, about Fowler, about you know, just we're we're, yeah. we're watching them and and I mean, it's just it's he's What's going the- to blow up. I mean, after Tail Sand and and mm-hmm. now this and even I mean that that Deadpool team up, yeah. It, Two um like two C two E twos ago, uh, at the hotel one night when we were drinking. So I um I I um I gotta give Scotty uh Scotty Young credit because because um I went over to say hi to him. He was sitting around and uh, I sat down and we have uh, we were having a beer just catching up. And uh, sitting next to him at the time was was Ramon Perez, but I didn't uh-huh. know I didn't know Ramon at the time. And Scotty just introduced us, and you know Scotty said, "Oh, this is my buddy Ramon. He's in the, he's a cartoonist too." And um you know he had done a few things that um some Marvel stuff like, but he, he had said, you know, he's, he's going to blow up. Like he's, and he told me, he's like, I'm not just saying this cause he's my buddy. Like this guy's going to be like humongous in the industry. And of course, you know, I remember him saying it and Ramon was a super nice guy. So it was, it was awesome to meet him. But you know, when you hear stuff like that at first, you don't, I mean, you don't know if it's a friend just being nice or you know, so it's just natural. Right? We always think the, we always think of our friends that their stuff's going to, we always think more of our friends than, you know, may often be the reality because we want that to become the truth. So to see two years later, like how right Scotty was, I mean, he was not, it was not hyperbole. I mean, Ramon is sick. It's yes. crazy how good this dude is. <laughs> yes. No, he's crazy. He's an amazing, I mean, like I told you, Tale of Sand, I mean, it's the closest thing I've seen to you know, uh, like Jeff Smith, both as a storyteller, uh, awesome. just pure cartooning chops. I mean, it's beautiful. 
I haven't seen the, the, the John Carter stuff, though, but I'm curious if it looks markedly different in style from Tale of Sand or if it's in the same vein. I don't. I'm, I haven't seen it, so I can't react. As soon as I get my hands on, on Tale of Sand, I'll let cool. you know. Um, cool. It is, I, like I said, it's first issue. All I know is that John Carter wakes up back on Mars. It, it, there's a familiar face to him, and, and he's looking for, for Dejah Thoris. And, um, and why wouldn't he? Yeah, of course. So I mean, it's it's uh, you know, there's the, the, there's a prison involved, there's capture, there's the, there's an escape to be made, and it it looks like it's just going to be that that fun sci-fi swashbucklery type type stuff going on. And and I mean, I'm no lie, I am I'm only looking at this really for the art. I know I know Humphreys is is you know is telling a story here, but but it's it's Ramon that uh, that has me dialed in for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's pretty much what I've read over the weekend. Right. You know, you know what I revisited? Well, I started to revisit. Um, I had forgotten just how much fun Bob Layton's Hercules miniseries. Oh, uh, Hercules! Oh, for sure. Yeah, yes. and uh, I mean, I have them in single issues. They're they're in a box around here somewhere. But uh, I was lucky enough to grab the combined hardcover from. Mm-hmm. Um, the the it's under the Hercules Prince of Power, which yes. combines both miniseries. I think I got it for like five ninety nine. I was gonna say I got mine for seventy percent off at the TFOS sale. The last yeah, one. still still sealed. Uh, it collects Hercules Prince of Power from nineteen eighty two for the four issues, and Hercules Prince of Power from nineteen eighty four. The four issues of that. Um, in a nutshell, Zeus is ticked off at. Um, Hercules, he thinks he needs to learn a lesson in humility because uh, I guess there was some uh, annual day of tribute to uh, Zeus where no one was allowed to say anything. It was it was like quiet day. And uh, Hercules climbs Mount Olympus and, he, and he, he, he's returning home after a long stint with the Avengers. And if you know Hercules, he's boisterous and he's picking fights. And uh, according to Hercules, getting uh, a, a sound thrashing from him is considered a gift. You know, Hercules wants to bestow the gift on people. He wants to kick people's asses. That's what he does. He drinks, he starts fights, and he has his way with women, right? Uh, and uh, Zeus is kind of pissed off. He's like, all right, you know what? You're banished. And Hercules is, is uh, yeah, okay, send me back to Earth. And Zeus says, no, no. Why should I send you back there? They consider you a god. I'm going to do something you don't expect. And he sends them out into space, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And uh, Herc is, is uh, accompanied by a recorder, one of the uh, data-collecting uh, c- cyborg or androids. I think they're androids. I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't see and, too much organism in there. Yeah, <laughs> and and hijinks ensue. But uh, man, Bob Layton, it's just so much fun. Uh, yeah, I almost wish we could go back to this type of storytelling. Ultra dense. I mean, a lot happens in one issue. Oh, Bob um, Layton's still telling stories. Yeah, yeah. Where's he working? Is they see at um, Boom? Well, he just, I mean, he did a Marvel thing, what, like, uh, what was it, two, three years ago, right? That was the, the, I mean, the last thing, the Iron Man thing? Yeah, 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 with Ron Lim, yes. Yeah. He, now, oh, now he right, is, right. Bob, Bob, Bob Layton has recently said he's not ever working for Marvel again, so I guess he'll be doing stuff elsewhere. Oh, elsewhere, why but, is that? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know the man personally, but I, I remember seeing an article recently that said that he, uh, he's, he's, he's unhappy with the current regime. 
but oh. he didn't he didn't get into specifics. He just said that he's life's good too on, short. I think was his quote. <laughs> so, good yeah. on Bob. Good on Bob Layton. But uh, one of my favorite sequences. I think it it occurs maybe in the first or second issue of of the the, the initial four issue miniseries. Is Hercules is in a a bar, a space bar, and you know he's getting his drink on. The recorder's there, and he's just looking for somebody to punch, man. Uh, and there's this huge Starlin-esque brute of a creature, and the waitress, I think, says, "You know, that's pretty much the strongest uh, creature in, in in the galaxy." And Hercules is like, "Yeah, right, okay." So he goes over and he starts picking a fight with me, and he punches it, and it turns out the 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 dude was uh, large of stature, but he was very timid, and he starts crying. When Hercules hits him. So the, the barmaid's like, oh, you jerk. Well, wow, look what you did. And everybody in the bar turns against Hercules. And it's that moment that actually Hercules deserves it, right? But you feel kind of bad for Herc because he's just being himself. You know, mm-hmm. he's a brute, right? And, um, they, they beat feet out of the bar and Hercules is like, mayhap I should, uh, uh, put more stock in my father's words. It's it's a really cool bunch of series. Uh, scrolls, uh, yeah. space spacefaring adventures, a uh, bunch of duplicitous characters that try and get the screws on Hercules. We ain't having it. Uh, and there's a lot of Hercules smash in it too. I mean, don't uh, just because it's Hercules trying to uh, uh, leaven his temper, he still beats down a lot of characters. It, it's a, just a lot of fun. It's good old fashioned fun comics and. That, 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 I think that has become a little bit of a derogatory term. He said, oh yeah, it's fun. You have nothing else to say. But that's the perfect word to describe these series. They're fun. I agree. Yeah. Yep. And, and thanks to, uh, thanks to Dap, uh, I was able to get a Bob Layton Iron Man on my Avengers Jam piece. Uh, yes. because he just saw him sitting there and say, hey, why don't you, uh, go ask Bob Layton? And we had a quite a, I think, uh, a colorful and entertaining. <laughs> 20, 30 minute uh, visit with Bob. Yeah. And by the way, Vince, you know, because I think he's going to be at Uh Bob still has pages at his table of those Hercules series. Yes. So nice. Yes. They are cheap. Cheap, cheap like under 100? Yes. Oh, God, yes. Ooh. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, um, well, at least at the last two cons I've seen him at, he asks you to name your price. Yeah, make a deal with him. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh man! I mean, he can—he can, you know—you say five bucks for the box, he can laugh yeah, you out of the con. But yeah. you know, it'll—it. But still, I mean, it's not—if nothing's marked, if you can get like two pages for like seventy-five bucks, boom. That is a boom, isn't it? That is a boom. I would big, like to. Have, I would love boom. to have a Bob Layton page. I think the guy's got chops. Always has. Absolutely. Oh, and don't forget, he did. Um, it was a, what was it? Twilight of a God, right? That was the the fault. That was what it was. That was the um um Hercules Twilight of the God was the. The, that was the final part of it, yeah. 2010, which was the end of the trilogy. It was the yes. third part of what your your hardcover collects the first two parts of. Oh, nice. Yeah. I got to get I that. have it here. Yeah, I, I somehow remember. missed it. Mm-hmm. Does that tie in any way to the Van Lenti Pack Hercules series? No, it ties in directly to the, These. To okay, the, cool. the 80 series. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's cause, the... Cause the, the the scroll is uh, is not faring too well, right? Correct. Mm. Yeah. If I remember correctly, didn't Leighton do a cover or two for the past yes. Lenti series? Yeah, he did. Yeah, the man. one with the big hand coming in, right? And, and yeah, nice. There you go. Absolutely, that's awesome. I love Herc. Yeah, that's love. He has good taste in assistance as well, and very yeah. thick, very thick hair. Yes, right. Yeah, it's true. I think I think I kind of like. I'm more partial. I think. 
two Leighton's Hercules from those two minis than I am with like Hercules and remember the Avengers. Okay. And yeah, yeah I just yeah. it's it just I think I not not to compare you know Leighton's Hercules to to Roger Stearns or anything, but it was mm-hmm. just it was a different type of of tale. It was sure it was he was out of his comfort zone. It was yeah he's out in space like like you were saying. Vince. Right. It's like it's not a place where you would expect to see Hercules on a chariot flying through space, but. There he yeah. is, and and and, and Leighton made it work, and it and his art was was fantastic. I loved the Pack and Van, Le- Van Lanty Hercules series. No, me too. Really yeah, but I that's a that very different character than this. Oh, totally. But oh, I, just, yeah. I, I thought it was really well done. That was one of those hidden gems, right? Because remember they they tried to pull the fast one. It was incre- they changed Incredible Hulk to Incredible Hercules after uh, World War that's, Hulk, and yeah. people were like, "What the f is this?" And uh, and uh, being really, you know, one of those things that if the 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 group of us that stuck with it. I think we're treated to some really fun comics by those guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have a couple pages from that run uh, from uh, from uh, Riley and uh, a couple other guys. But, yeah, cool. Um, that's great. I, I That is stuff I hold near and dear to my heart. Yeah, it's. I wish Leighton had – Leighton still got the chops, man. He whipped out yeah. that Iron Man for me in like 10 minutes, and it was beautiful. I mean, it does, yeah. Surprised. It looks but, nice and tight. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's good stuff. Yeah. Very, like, very I, few I, I, can I, render highlights on armor like Mr. Lee. Seriously, seriously, yeah, no joke. And and I and that that Hercules for me, I mean, that was just from an era where there was the Cloak and Dagger mini, there was a fictional Scarlet Witch mini, there was Iceman, and and there's Beauty and the Beast. And I mean, Night they Marvel just had a bunch of 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 limited series like that were just. I I really I mean now they would. It's just the way publishing is. It, it wouldn't be limited series or anything like that. It would just be relaunches. But it's just right. it, those. I are think just wasn't the initial four issues one of Marvel's first miniseries? It's pretty close to the 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 first. They're one. Well, one of their first is Contest of Champions. Contest of right, right. And, and then, uh, but Hercules isn't too far away from that. No, it's not. No, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, that was good times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a little bit of a uh, a creator spotlight, dusting off the creator spotlight. Oh, love it! Mm-hmm. Um, it was born out of the fact that uh, I read something this week that was a present from King Dap for the holidays. Uh, and uh, get a room. I know, right? And, <laughs> and while while the the work itself was terrific, it made me think that I. I wanted to talk about the, 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 the man who was the writer more than the work itself because I think that it's a, it's a person that we – I think we all at least – I'm pretty sure all, we all appreciate his work quite a bit. And yet I don't know that he gets the props he deserves for the quality of his career and the breadth of his career among modern storytellers. Um, I don't think his name is often cited among the currently working – uh, top creators, and I think it's a, a pretty big oversight. Um, and I'm talking about Mr. Kurt Busick. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the work that, that led me to wanting to do the spotlight was David uh, bought me um, Conan, uh, The Frost Giant's Daughter, and Other Stories, oh. which, Volume 1, which is a collection of, of Kurt Busick and Carrie Nord's first seven issues of their, um, I think in many people's eyes, one of the you know better modern definitive runs of Conan, yeah. uh, and it was terrific. Carrie uh, Nord and, and and as well on our chores, it was terrific. I enjoyed every page of the of the book, and I, I want to read, continue to read more. But like I said, um, as I was reading it, I thought, man, you know, this was really good, and and I think people that are at all familiar with Conan, um, in any of its forms, will view this as you know certainly a classic rendition of the character. 
But uh, yeah, but it just got me thinking. Like Busick is freaking. He's been around forever. I mean, he's he. His first comic work was the early '80s, uh, on stuff like Power Man and Iron Fist. Um, and you know, here he is still churning out stuff today. And you know, he's had some like significantly important works, both on the creator own side as well as the the big two side and yet i just don't feel like he maybe i'm just imagining maybe because we don't talk about him enough but i just don't feel like he gets mentioned uh you know along the same lines of people like you know morrison and rucka and johns and i and i I just think that's a shame because the dude is i mean the 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 stuff he's done has been wildly entertaining and varied and um he just he deserves the credit right so heroes return avengers what's that heroes return avengers Absolutely, uh, Astro City again, which is, yeah, yeah, um, you know, Marvels, right? I mean, I just, I, I just think that the guy has been at the helm of. I mean, he, he, you know, uh, uh, Thunderbolts, which you know, for me, yeah. was a favorite. That was one of my favorite runs from the late '90s of any of any publisher. We've talked um, about Avengers Forever a couple times, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. uh, Ninjak, you know, which was actually one of them. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, man. But here's Mr. the thing Kasada. about Ninjak. Right? Exactly. It's, it's, I don't think, you know, you think about the butterfly effect. Would we have the Marvel comics that we have today if it wasn't for things like Ninjak when Joe Quesada was killing it on the art chores, which I think is part of the reason he got the gig at Marvel, which led to him becoming the head, the head, the head right. Marvel in charge, right? I mean, so, so, um, I mean, you know, Busick is is he's he's a, I think he's very very you know as a writer you have to have a couple things right you have to be creative you have to be diligent um, you have to be able to uh, write tight dialogue right you have to have great characterization sure. and I think all of that too is is useless if you aren't able to have a working relationship with your cartoonist you know if you if you aren't able to give him or her the tools to bring your words and and script to life and while i can't say that i have any great insight into Busick's collaborative uh efforts with his his you know the people he's worked with i can say that as i look down the list of the things he's done and the fact that he's had a lot of long running relationships with with cartoonists he clearly must have something going for him right yeah. i mean cuz astro city he's you know he's worked with you know it's that's that's been a a decade long collaboration now and i think you know astro city certainly at least in the the early works considered by many to be one of the the best non big two superhero works of all time if not just best modern superhero works you know even not even putting the qualifier on it um you know again he's he's I, I thought his work on Thunderbolts was awesome. You know, his, I thought his work on Avengers was awesome. Um, you know, I, I don't know that that's everybody's favorite, you know, period of time, but I, I thought he did a great job, uh, you know, working with, uh, with Perez on Avengers. I mean, I, that's, I think that's some great, great stuff. Um, and I enjoyed the hell out of most of it. Like you said, David, we've gushed in episodes past, uh, each of us about Avengers forever, which I think is in and of itself, one of the better contained, Avengers arcs of the last 20 years. I mean, if I were to, if someone would say to me, hey, I want to read some classic Avengers, I mean, that would be right up there in something. I would, I would point to that collection. Um, and you know, and as, as much as I've been hating on Dynamite recently, Busick's doing good things with Kirby Genesis. Uh, it, it does have an Astro City feel to it, but that's not a bad thing. Yeah, no. I mean, he's still doing Astro City. He had a huge run, long run on Conan, 
which was of course, this is the first collection of it, but I mean that went for much of the 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 aughts. I mean it, it I don't know if it extended the entire, but I know he 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 was involved with Conan for for much of that uh, of that run. He did a great, at least in my mind, a great run on Aquaman uh, in uh, what five six years ago in sort of Atlantis. Oh, I thought he did a great job with that. I right, that was it's one of my yeah. favorite Aquaman. Well, yeah, it was a, a neat take on it. Absolutely. Um, I don't. I can't speak to his Superman run because I didn't read it, so I don't know how that was conceived. But but certainly he had a a decent run of that during the same time he was doing the Aquaman. Very um, good. Very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, this is just a guy. Again, I just wanted to tip my cap to him. I mean, we don't have to. You know, I don't know if you guys have certain works that you think. I mean, I guess Astro City would probably be near the top of of most of our you know of ours. But but he's it's been great. You know, I think that he. Um, He's and and it's been different genres. It's been different publishers. It's been different characters. It's been some of his own, some of license, and he just he seems to flourish in um in no matter what he's asked to do. And you know, again, I know he and George Perez are longtime collaborators. He was the writer on JLA Avengers, which I think is a super a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, if I'm being fair, I think that JLA Avengers is more of a visual accomplishment for Perez because he gets the chance to draw. You know, he there's so many sight visual. You know, uh, what was the term you were using earlier, Vince? Like chicken fat. Yeah, there's so much uh, big two superhero chicken fat in that. Thanks to Perez, yep. but but again, I mean, he I, I think that the writing certainly is fun and and definitely does, there's you know there was the power company. Um, I mean, there's just yeah. lots of stuff. I mean, right? I mean, he he just he ki- I think he's killed it on most of his stuff. Like, in fact, I I'm hard pressed to think of stuff he's written that I really didn't care for. Now, and admittedly, there's, I haven't read all of the things he's done because he's so prolific, but, I mean, can you guys think of anything that really didn't float your boat that he did? Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't... I'm hurt. I'm, I'm, hurt, I'm not hurt especially person. crazy about Marvels. Well, that's interesting because, I mean, I think Marvels would be, again, one of those things that is probably better remembered for the art because yeah. it's... I think that's what introduced most of the comics world to Alex Ross. You know, I mean, I think it's fair to say, right? I mean, Marvel's yeah. is probably, but um, but again, I I liked it quite a bit. I, I thought it was same here. I think the thing about Busick's work now that is unfortunate is that um, you look at Marvels, you look at Astro City. If you read them now, like if you pick them up and read them now, I think their impact in import is somewhat mitigated because you lose sight of the fact that when he was doing those types of stories. They were far more groundbreaking in their tone. You know, when he did those two works, they were much more unique in their take on superhero comics. The seriousness, the you know, the 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 uh, the, the thought of the uh, impact on the actions of these superheroes to the world that they live in, the way that he illustrates the the average people and how they view these characters. Again, this is something that's been carried forward, I think, and been a pretty big defining concept of the last 10 to 15 years of superhero Kingdom storytelling. Come. Kingdom Come. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm saying, yeah. I, so I think a lot, of, a lot of that stuff is viewed now as the way things are done. But again, when he was doing them, he was a trailblazer in that front. Um, so, I, I almost think his omnipresence in the industry works against him because everyone wants to talk about the young turks right morrison mm-hmm. and miller and and all and uh you know all those guys but because he's been doing it for so long and and like i said he's always seemingly always been there i yeah. mean what was the last time we talked about denny o'neill 
Not to yeah, slight no, the man's right, work. He's, he's in the, right. I think he's. That's a good. And that's a good analog. I mean, he's music. I think. And, and the other thing is, I was one, knowing knew that I wanted to bring him up this week as I thought about it. You know, he he's somewhat been, I think, hurt in a way in terms of his legacy by the astoundingly strong artistic collaborators he's had. Right. I mean, so much of his work has been tied into Perez and Alex Ross and Brent Anderson, and you know, these are like amazingly talented storytellers visually. And so I think that sometimes he Busick has been um unfairly treated as the like the 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 um the, the sidekick in these it's, endeavors. It's like the the mousy guy with the hot wife. Yeah, Everybody wants exactly. to look at the and wife, you know. Fair, you know. I mean it's really right. not. I mean again, especially to me if you look at Marvels and you and you you and you look at I mean particularly Astro City and uh and even his, you know none of that is is there without Busick's you know sto- storytelling. I, I mean I generally believe that. And yet I just do think that is some sometimes unfortunately lost because the visuals and the people involved are I mean Perez and Alex Ross in particular are you know now considered legends. Um it, it's and in, I guess in Paris's case, he was already a legend when they started collaborating heavily. Um, in in Ross's case, you know, again, I don't know that there is the Alex Ross of today in in comics without music. But I mean, I'm sure we can have a debate about that because you know. But but my point is, is he was there at the beginning of Ross's endeavors. So yeah, I mean, just you know, tip my cap to the dude because he's still turning it out, and he's I think he's much more focused now on creator-owned efforts, and and he's very very vocal. You know, if you ever go to the beat or to Bleeding Cool or Twitter, he's very, very vocal about his thoughts on, uh, you know, big two comics and creator-owned works and uh, creator rights. And uh, I think he's very articulate. Um, another thing I appreciate about him is he's not prone to snarky behavior on those fronts. I mean, he's he's certainly opinionated and he shares those opinions and they're strongly held, but he's not like a dick about it. You know, like he's not generally someone that, that looks to be, belittle the, uh, anyone that has an opposing viewpoint. So yeah, just all around, man. I gotta just say kudos to him, and and I wish more people gave him the due. And I think what I mean by that is I think he should be considered among the, you know, the pantheon of top creators of our comics reading lifetimes. I think he he's he's right up there. I think he really is. Um, so you're right. So mad love to the man. I think we should uh, make this a regular feature. Uh, the comics, uh, the uh, creator spotlight, but. To talk about well, creators we, that we about don't. It in the past. We just haven't done it in a while. No, I mean, you know, we just haven't the, done it in a while. The crux being that we should talk about creators that we don't normally talk about, who we feel like Mr. Busick <clears> deserve <throat> wider recognition. Well, not wider because these guys are everywhere, but just to reinstill in people what they, you know, those fond memories of what these guys did. Denny O'Neill, like Steve Engelhart. Come on. We, we, we hardly. Roger Stern, Roger Silver. Love Engelhart. We, we, we hardly bring these, these names up, and we should. We should at least, at least once a month. Come on. Hey, you guys got your homework assignments. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> My next one, Mr. Extra, Rick We each have Beach. extra time. <laughs> oh, we each have extra time to talk. Uh, oh, we each have extra time to talk for the next couple of weeks. So That's right. We might as well. Yeah. We have a broader window of time. So, you know? Awesome. Yeah. We should be getting and wrapping it up because... Dave and I got some place to go. Dude, you don't know where to go for like another twenty-four hours. <laughs> you, you can't, you can't, you can't have this episode be a short episode. People had a, we gave a short episode two weeks ago, and it was like uh, they're ready to tear chaos. down the, uh, the it internet like, walls. Yeah, it was chaos on the forum. People were like, "What?" 
they see that the, they see the, uh, the, the it was actually was uh, it was under two hours and they were like, "What is going on? Is everyone okay?" They, they were about our well-being. I mean, yeah. So uh, yeah, you got to um, you, you got to keep it going, dude. Come on, to represent, I represent, yo. Keep on, keep on, yo. Hey, it, uh, they they. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to ask you if any of you cracked open your uh, American uh, Barbarian hardcover yet. I haven't got it yet. Oh, oh I Jason. got mine. Jeez. But I've I've read them all online already. So well, first of all, Vince had his. That's right. True. Oh, were you talking about the hardcover? Or you, I just assumed you were talking about the. the no, I was talking about the hardcover. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. Okay, so he's toity toity. You know, we're lucky. Oh, we speaking. Just... Oh, you know what? And and that's just <laughs> no. Sorry, that it just because it, it's. I'm going to forget again. I almost would have forgotten if, especially if Vince let us wrap up just now. Um, Chris Pitzer, who is of course the man behind the curtain that is Ed House, who is the publisher of American Barbarians. Uh, Chris posted on our forums, and I presume other places, but he is having um, a sale on eBay. Um, the link is in our forums, and we'll post it in the show notes uh, thread as well. But he is listing a bunch of very rare first printings of a bunch of Ad House stuff. Um, he he needs to raise a little cash for some things uh, of a personal nature. Never fear anyone. I did speak to him, and I don't, I'm not going to get into what, what he needs the money for, because that's his business, but it's nothing like bad. I know people, when they see people like auctioning off stuff, they worry that it's like bad news. It's nothing bad. It's actually good news, but he, he just wants to get, get a little cash for some things. And uh, But there's some really great things he's putting up on uh, eBay, uh, and it's going to be, he's staging the, the listings, but the first set is up, and um, like he's got everything from James Jean Process Recess, first printing, which I would Ooh. love to have all those. I know I'm going to get way outbid on that, probably by Jay Tomio. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but he's got tons <laughs> nice. of cool stuff that he's putting up, and he's going to be putting stuff up for the next few weeks. And I just wanted to give him a shout out because, uh, um, you know, he, he it, again, just calling attention to it. So if you're a, a fan of Ad House stuff, uh, he's going to have a lot of really cool things for uh, for auction. In the feed, actually. Is so, um, Project Superior among them? I don't know offhand. I, I don't. I, I didn't commit to you, memory you, all the things. If it is, you need to get it. I, I have a copy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Project Superior is uh, superheroes, done done in, in through Ad House, but it's Paul Pope, Jim Rugg, Chris Pitzer's in here, um, Jay Ryan. Uh, who else would you? Uh, Tim Biscop, Jeffrey Brown, okay. um, Scott Campbell, John Cassidy, uh, Farrell Darrymple's in here. Uh, wow. Dean, Dean, Dean Haspiel, Paul Hornschmeyer, uh, John Kirschbaum. Jim Mafood, Tara McPherson, yes. yeah, Brian Lee O'Malley, Scott Morse, Brian Maruka. It's a great book. You need to get it. Um, I got mine for a pittance uh, many years back, and I have not regretted it. It's amazing, amazing Sweet. book. Yeah. My uh, American Barbarian is scheduled to ship a week from Thursday, so so much for having it in time for the show to get signed. Ha. Well, well, it's me. Yeah, I'm sure Tom will will do something for you. Kind of like Mr. Burns when I say. Speaking of Tom, have you seen um, the latest page? It is here, Vince. It is here, Project Superior, but it's already up to 50 bones with four days to go. (laughs) Whoa. You know what? It's worth it at that price. It really is. It's a great book. But just to give people, now that I'm on the link, there's a Project Romantic box set. Oh, yeah. Process Recess, First Printing, Paul Pope, uh, Assigned Paul Pope, uh, THB, uh, a couple different issues. There's a Project Telstar Robot Anthology, Project Superior Anthology. There's uh, 
There's some posters. There's an awesome aphrodisiac poster, which I would love to have. Um, so yeah, and and like I said, this is just the first tranche. He's going to have a couple other tranches that follow this. So yeah. Uh, speaking of Tom Scholey, the the latest page posted to the American Barbarian uh, blog site thing. It's it's just plain gorgeous. I uh, it's got a Silver Surfer type character on it. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, you know, paying homage because that's that's Tom's thing. He does that it we very do. well. Uh, it, the color in it is astounding. He uses hots and uh, hots and colds to um, highlight both sides of this this space faring figure. It's just amazing. I love the layout. I love the composition of each panel. I wish I, I'm thinking Tom works exclusively digital now, right? Doesn't he? Uh, I don't know. Uh, at least the colors are digital. Yeah, I'm sure the colors are digital. But this is this is one of those pages where I would drop serious bones on it. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, he probably another, sure he's uh, hearing you say that, so. Uh, well, he just jacked up his price a couple hundred, you know, in my wake. But um, w- this is an observation. I haven't started reading them yet, but I've collated the issues, and I did take looks through them, and I got to say, um, where the hell did Top Cow find Diego Bernard? The guy that's currently doing Witchblade. Really? Oh, I haven't seen. I haven't seen seen his work. Oh man, it's it's an extreme departure from the way Witchblade looked a few short months ago. Um, David, I'm thinking somewhere between a Dale Keown and uh, I would say there's a teeny bit of of Adam Hughes in here, but. Not, not oh, so Oh, you know much. what? I, I knew I knew the name. Um, I knew the name because, um, in when I was compiling the uh, the list of all the different uh, original art dealers, there's a, a Comic Con art which is um, I, I, probably their top creator would be uh, Ed Bennis. I'm, I'm sure you know would be okay. say, the guy that they get. But he he it's basically all South American, um, a big chunk being Brazilian artists. You know, and um, like there's even like like. Ed Bennis has got it, like Fred and Maria, Mariah Bennis. Like, there's all these, and I, I recognize the name from that. He, so he's he. I'm pretty sure was like basically an Ed Bennis uh, protege that uh, I guess finally coming to his own. So and I could see some Ed Bennis in his work, yeah. But he's really good, very oh, very. He's, it, page, he's got artwork for sale here on that site too. I'm, uh, which page, pages? I'm looking at the page yeah, way right now. Oh yeah, very good, delicious, yes. delicious. Yeah, but so if you were weaned on the the Sedgwick Witchblade, this is very different and uh, a very refreshing change. Uh, I'm looking at issue 153, so it's the it's the Sealy run, the maybe three part uh, three issues into the Sealy run. It, wow, it's visually stunning. Um, I was going to drop Witchblade after uh, Mr. Mars uh, departed, what? but Tim, why? Um, um, yeah, no, no, no. Um, uh, but when Tim came on, I said, "Nah, I better rethink this." And uh, Mr. Bernard just sealed the deal. I'm not giving up Witchblade. Cool. Yeah, it's great. Awesome. There you go. All right, what else we got, David? Uh, what are you guys most looking forward to this weekend? Getting there, one piece. <laughs> yeah true true i know obviously seeing everybody and all that sort of yeah thing, but 
Yeah. Um, Are there any like artists you're hoping to say hello to? Any Tom. either you guys getting any ink from Mr. Shrink, Mr. Mr. Uh, Stringer? This I'm, th- uh, I'm thinking about it. I've been um, pouring through the Erie archives trying to find a great headshot of um, Cousin Erie. But most of them are really detailed, and I don't know. I mean, I I know Stringer's great with the needle, but I I don't see if first of all if he he probably can reproduce it, but it's not going to be cheap, you know, mm-hmm. because it's it's very intensive work. I mean, would you to reproduce Wrightson on your arm, man? Right. <laughs> that yeah. you know, it's that's going to take some doing. But I mean, I'm sure it can be done. It's just it's going to cost. I'll tell you what. If Sunday rolls around and I have a nice uh, remainder of the cash I bring with me, I, uh, I'll probably get some more ink. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I, I haven't uh, thought about a design. I'm I'm leaning towards no, only because Renee still hasn't gotten any, and I, I feel kind of bad about getting three pieces and to her you none love so your, far. You I love know. your wife. Oh, I that's disgusting. <laughs> well, well, I mean, things. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. It might be weird going to Chicago one year and, and not having serene wrap on part of my body, <laughs> trying not to to sweat on or 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 bang up against. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. I'll. Play it by ear, but I no I, we I do. Had... You know what we should do? You know how the, the the get two parts of the heart. You know how they get those medals oh, and they break it. Ah, uh, uh, don't be foul. I was being I was being nice. Yeah, You're being. <laughs> All right, so I'll get I'll I'll get Jake and, and you get Finn. Nice. That's awesome. I would so do that. I would so. I'll do get Lumpy Space Princess. There you go. <laughs> uh, Dude, did you see the one where she wanted to be a hottie? Dude. And so they transformed yes. her, but they transformed her into a cyborg, a, a, a robot, or a killer robot attack. Yeah. 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 Awesome. <laughs> That's not hot. Speaking of, of Adventure Time, the third issue comes out tomorrow. Michael DeForge has work in there. Oh. Yep. Yeah. I'm telling all these great indie creators are, are flocking to licensed properties. It's awesome. I've mm-hmm. I've never been more enthused about licensed books. I was doing my, my to-buy list for the comic shop this week. Three out of the five titles, licensed books. Mega Man, uh, SpongeBob, and Adventure Time. You maniac! I know. And uh, the I other two say, were looking um, at the uh, the C- Sado Sado's the finalized artist alley list. It's like uh, oh, it's making me. I'm getting agitated. Not knowing I'm not going to be there, but uh, some fantastic creators going to be there. <laughs> <I It's>, just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got the agita. You said oi earlier. This is great. It's a good episode. Oi. Yep, yep. But, Why don't you uh, read yes. some of those names? Get me get the juices flowing. Uh, well, uh, of course, Adam Hughes, Bill Willingham, George Perez, Jeff Johns, uh, Jason Aaron, who is uh, personal Ooh. favorite of mine, Joe Q, Joe Kubert, Mark Wade, your boy yeah, Neil right. Adams, our buddy <laughs> Ripper Bender, uh, Tim Sale, who's not a very frequent uh, no. participant, Scott Schneider, who of course is the uh, the new the new BMOC. Um, Amanda Connor. Uh, Is Capullo going to be there? I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, Bill Sinkevich. Chris oh. Burnham, our buddy Chris, uh, be up in there. Of course, he's a local. Cliff Chang. Um, your boy, uh, Clayton Crane. Uh, Vince. Nice. How about Nathan uh, Fox? Dude, you're, you're, you're getting crackly. Um, I'm going down the list, dude. You're asking me about an N, and I'm on the Fs. Ooh, Frank Cho, which makes me bummed. I... I uh, 
Gene Ha, Jeff Darrow, of course, another local guy. I'm, I'm skipping a lot of people, by the way. Hillary Barda and Jamal Eigel, two friends of ours. It'd be good to see them. Uh, you guys have to stop by and say hi to them. Uh, Jeremy Hahn, another another buddy of ours. Nice. Uh, J.K. Woodward, of course, will be there. What up, J.K.? Um, let's see here. Of course, Mike will be there, Norton. Uh, Mark Morales, who... Uh, Hooked David up. Uh, what was it? Uh, I guess it was what New York Comic Con two years ago when you were. Yes. Yeah. So you didn't have to wait in line. Well, I gotta. I, yeah. Well, I help you. For, I, I gotta thank you for that also. Mm-hmm. Um, a buddy uh, and 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 uh, I own several pieces of his now. Teo Scalera, um, Mike Perkins, another friend of the show who is just wrapping up. Uh, a, what is it like a three and a half year run doing the stand? So I think he'll be back doing other stuff now but he basically spent the last three years doing Stephen King's stand adaptations so, yeah uh, that was a, a, a long and uh, devoted run there um, very smart, Riz- smart what's that smart, smart. yeah abs- abs- absolutely I'm, I'm ordering the omnibus this month the whole collected omnibus uh, Stegman will be there of course probably bragging about his Tigers hot start Sean Murphy um, the whole, by the way the whole Cadence crew will be there so um, again, probably my my wallet will be happy I'm not there because usually I can't I can't stop by Paolo's table without uh, spending an obscene amount of money. Uh, Hack and Tim Seeley will be there as well as the rest of the uh, the uh, the uh, double feature four star crew I think so, and probably about another hundred people I'm just skipping right now. I just was sort of quickly scanning down the list to see who uh, who we know, but uh, yeah, and and you know I'm not much of a um, I'm not much of a panel goer, but I know a lot of people are into that. So it seems like they've got a shite load of panels to uh, check out. I don't, I don't know. If, I, I know you guys aren't much panel goers either, so I don't know that we're the we're the crew to be discussing panels per se. But but certainly, um, it seems like they've got a hefty dose of panels and entertainment guests and stuff as well. So I think we went to one in in all of the time we we've gone to C2E2. Didn't we go to see Brian Wood talk about Northlanders? We did. Yeah, we went to a Vertigo booth or panel. And yeah, that was mostly Brian Wood. Uh, and we went Hilarious. To- you was going to be there? Who? John Cusack. Yes, for The Raven. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Sean Astin's going to be there? Hilarious. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Mr. Frodo. Oh, my God, dude. Val Kilmer. He dropped the damn bread. Val Kilmer's going to be there? And he, this picture of him, this, this he is like looks 300 like, pounds? He looks like the um someone ate Val Kilm? He looks like you know you know he looks like uh like Marlon Brando playing <laughs> playing the shadow. <laughs> oh hilarious Steven uh Renazizi's gonna be there from the league. I love the league. Oh that's cool. I would like to have met him. I like I would like to have met him. Uh Xander from Buffy's gonna be there, Nicholas Brendan. Oh yeah. Nice. Um oh, yes. C three PO is gonna be up in there. Oh, oh Anthony Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> My wife would be giddy to meet Chad Michael Murray. She loves that kid. Oh, the cool. star of One Tree Hill. I don't know what on earth he's doing there, but but hey, <laughs> no, I'm saying you know hey, these we always say, but then next thing you know, like these people have huge lines the whole weekend. How yeah. about Lou? Is Lou going to be there? Frigno? I got to imagine, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'll be there. Yeah, he'll be there. Not watching his hands. Surprise there, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And not washing his hands. <laughs> You're a funny bastard. There's going to be some female wrestler at the. Um, yes, because Lawler can't make it. I was going to say, yeah. So Ink Fusion, which is the tattoo pavilion, which has uh, again our boy, uh, our boy Stringer will be there as well as uh, his his uh, comrades at Arms doing tattooing for the whole weekend, and it's 
even if you aren't up to getting a tattoo, I highly recommend you stop by and check them out and see their work because it's a oh, lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, um, I know when I got my rib piece last year at Sado Sados, I had probably a few thousand onlookers at different points of time. Probably sat there for six hours. So, um, if you're going to get a tattoo, I hope you're not very modest, or at least get it on a place in your body where you don't mind showing off. Or get it on your sack. That'd be awesome. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I guess Lawler Lawler is is on the road with WWE. So there's a female taking his place. I'm not much on the, but I think is it Lisa Marie? Is that right? Her um her. She, she used to be a WWE wrestler. She's now okay. a TNA. Uh, I think her name is Tara. Okay. And uh, Virgil's going to be there too. By the way, which is hilarious. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> WWE bought a zoo. <laughs> That's a good skit. I oh, love it. Yeah, it's love good it. times. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Well, uh, as much fun oh, as it stop. Could. It's going to be a blast. You're going to know hundreds of people there. It's going to be great. We'll try just te- and have fun. Just text a brother. Tell me. Oh, yeah. Text me anecdotes. I think we should make with the photos. Like, David, don't you have some kind of setup where you can jack a photo up to the thing as soon as you... We got to do that. Yeah. We will definitely Instagram and, uh, and I'll, I'll uh, put it on the Tumblr. Cool. Sweet. Tune Sweet. in. We, we want you all to be there with us this weekend. Yeah, and, and, and I know we shouldn't have to say this, but from prior experience, we need to. If you are at the show and if you think you recognize one of the guys, don't be the guy like that comes on to the forum two weeks later and says, oh, I st- was standing right next to you and I, I didn't want to bother you or I was embarrassed. <laughs> like, do, the, like we want to – well, I'm not going to be there, but they – in general, they I speak for my buddies. Say hello. Like if you it, – it's – Worst case scenario is you think it's one of us and it's not, in which case you just say, oh, sorry. Yep. But it probably is us, and that's what we're there for. So, yep. Just look for a tall, handsome man and a bald Italian that looks like Puck <laughs> next to him. Fearful. <laughs> uh, worst go. case scenario, it actually is me, and, and I pay you no mind. That's, <laughs> that's yeah. So, you, but no, it's, it's, uh, I mean, we, we, we haven't seen Chris since October. I haven't seen Sal since last year. It's, it's, uh, Andy. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's Will. a bummer that, uh, Will, Mario, you know, everybody. We're, Jason's not going to be there. Chris Campbell's not going to be there. Um, but I mean, we, what's we, this we, shit? Uh, Alan's gone. Did I hear right? Is Alan, Alan yes. be there? Yes, sir. Oh, be there. my weekend is made. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I mean, it's, it, there's, there's going to be, we will have fun. There will be good times. Uh, and, and yes, we will, we will sweet, we will How about Julian? Photograph. No. I don't oh. think so. Oh, man. I'm wearing my aunt's pins anyway. Do it. Mm-hmm. Represent. Yep. Love those pins. You know it. All right, we got to wrap it. Bye. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hey, everybody. This episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been sponsored, as usual, by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you can get your funny books and collectibles at huge Wamba discounts. Get this. Radioactive Man hardcover, fourteen twenty nine. Bundle of the first no, four, first four, number one issues of Before Watchmen, three ninety nine. Infernal Man Thing, Steve Gerber's last, I want to weep, uh, take on on uh, my favorite Marvel character of all time, one dollar ninety nine cents, and Ted McKeever's Mondo trade paperback from Image is only seven dollars and ninety nine cents. That's half price. You're not going to find cheaper prices anywhere. DCBService.com. Wordums. Yeah. Oh, it's the in your travel section. 
It is. You know, I almost hate to talk about this after Jason's very thoughtful and uh, respectful look at female comic creators. Oh, boy. (laughs) But I got to give props. Quadrant. Oh. Two, Tara, Jimmy Roberts. Ro- excuse me, Jimmy, oh. Jimmy Robinson, uh, creator and artist and writer of the infamous Bomb Queen from Image. Uh-huh. I read the first two issues of Bomb Queen, Volume Seven. Jeez. Yes, there's a lot of TNA in it. There's a lot of violence in it. There's a lot of swearing and mayhem and uh, a lot of ne'er do wells running around. But this is a really smart comic. Uh, it's a hundred years after the death of Bomb Queen. Uh, society is all plugged into a centralized neural network. Okay. Uh, it's against the law not to be. And the police force is Shadowhawk. Oh, nice. nice. The, uh, the police, uh, are all plugged in and, uh, actually everybody in this society is plugged in. And if there's any kind of, situation where a superhero is needed the shadowhawk program downloads into the person so a little girl can turn into shadowhawk an old man um obviously the police force can turn into shadowhawk and um this uh national underground library a bunch of uh monk-like characters that are preserving uh, physically printed books in an underground bunker uh, think that, you know, we need the Bomb Queen back. And uh, not to let too many cats out of the bag, but her mm-hmm. cyber consciousness is back. And uh, prisoners in this uh, era are not physically incarcerated in a prison. Their consciousness is are downloaded into these huge repository uh, repositories of data so what the bomb queen does is she loves to have the the bad dudes on her side she goes in and and well first she jacks into one of the the uh, police men which is really uncomfortable is a dude wearing the blah the uh, bomb queen thong yeah it's uncomfortable but uh, that's what i mean bomb queen as a as a series is really uncomfortable there's some bits in here you're just like whoa you know and um in order for these uh criminals to see bomb queen has a problem she can't experience uh, the levels of pleasure that she is normally accustomed to in the digital form so she has to find an ancestor she had last miniseries she had a child and it's a hundred years so she's trying to track down her uh ancestors not ancestors her her um spawn in order for the the uh, dna to match and her to jack into the physical body of these people and, and make her pleasure a reality and to do that there's one scene in here i'm trying to find the damn thing um yes uh bomb queen is essentially a virus a ghost in the machine and for her to join for criminals to join up with her they have to jack into her and how do they jack into her well, just like you think, through the back door. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's pretty awesome. I love the Bomb Queen. It's foul as hell, but it's a lot of fun. It's really well done. And I think um, Mr. Robinson's getting paid by the word because these two issues were wordy bitches. Um, mm. do, you, do you remember um, the Intimates? 
Joe Kelly's uh, story. Uh, Joe, Joe Casey, mm-hmm. sorry, Joe Casey. Joe I did Casey. it again. Joe Casey's uh, series for Wildstorm ran twelve issues. Remember the info blurbs that ran along the bottom pages of the Intimates? This edition of Bomb Queen is almost like a pop-up version of Bomb Queen. There's data bits on every page that pop up and tell you information on this uh, strange new world. Polls show that 25% side with the Null. However, these results are affected by the centarian citizenship who lived in the era of public libraries. Polls show that 92% do not agree with the Null's deadly tactics and believe the data knowledge from the singularity is far superior. And there's stuff like that on every freaking page. Mm -hmm. It'll take you a good chunk of time to read these issues. Really good. Poll, 63% of citizens in an urban center never leave or travel to other regions. It's fascinating. Yeah, and it, like I said, it's very smartly done. But it's, it's, it's a mixture of lowbrow and highbrow. I love it. Bomb Queen, volume seven. Yeah. yeah. Seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I um, was going to say, you know what, give Ghost Rider a shot, but there's really no need since issue nine was the last one. Uh, the, uh, and, and there's a new Ghost Rider. His name is Johnny Blaze. The Spoilers. other thing, yeah, well, it's like I really been kind of bummed we went nine issues just to have things go back to the way they were. But um, did the female die? No, she uh. she uh, she still is somewhat a Ghost Rider, um, but she doesn't have the she's Zarathos isn't part of her. Uh, and she did actually. I mean, to her credit, she she um, she almost destroyed Mephisto. Look and, at her. Yeah, that's, no, that's it was, tough. It was, it's tough to yeah, it was, it was it was pretty badass, and uh, it was. I mean, in this regard, yeah, it, I'm I'm happy with with how it ended because I mean, my ghostwriter is is Johnny Blaze, so I mean, I'm cool with that. But but in this case, the uh, the journey was. An enjoyable one, especially the uh, the last couple issues where she she um, finally kind of I guess figured out her purpose and and uh, she wanted to rectify something she did early on in the series and and that meant going toe to toe with with Mephisto and and he did not fare well uh, in the battle. But uh, when they collect that, give that a shot. It was it was uh, written by Rob Williams and and. Pencils and inks by a few people, including uh, Matthew Clark and, and Lee Garbett. Um, cool. You know, just to interrupt you for a second. You okay. know how we always talk about heroes that don't work well in team settings? Yeah. I think Ghost Rider is one of those dudes. I agree. Yeah. I mean, champions, yeah, I, I, whatever. I, I was going to say, I mean, it and, was that. But. You know, but I much prefer Ghost Rider when he's solo. I agree with you. Yeah. Solo, dolo, yeah. I yeah. can see that. I prefer uh, not in the books that I'm reading. So. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless, of course, you team them up with the Hulk and Wolverine and the Punisher and call it the Fantastic Four. Then it's fine. Uh, especially if it's drawn by Art Adams, yes. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to go ahead and double back on something I talked about earlier in the episode and go read Wasteland. Because it's good. It is good. It is. It is. And I have the second hardcover unread that I've had for a long time that I now feel compelled to read. After you talked about this one, because yeah, it's... then then we'll tag team on that. I'll I'll uh, what what is what issues are in that? If you know, I don't know offhand. I mean, okay, so it's the same size as the first one, so I guess I don't. I mean, I don't know. I'll have to check. Okay, but yeah, um, well, since you guys have already given them plenty to read, I'm going to say in your travels, I want you to watch something. 
Ah. Um, I posted on the forums this past week uh, a feel-good video from uh, Mr. Chip Kidd. Uh, for those that don't know, Chip is, um, for the most part, known as a uh, book cover designer. Uh, he is uh, one of the head muckety-mucks at uh, Knopf and uh, has been for, I think, close to 30 years. And he has been responsible for making hundreds of the most well-known, graphically impressive book covers uh, of of all time. Um, but he also, as a result of that, he's a big comic book fan, has done a lot of design work for comic books as well. Uh, and is just considered, I think, by at this point in his life, um, just one of the, the, the true masters of of graphic artistry uh, and, and, and packaging and presentation. So Chip, um, if you've never seen him before, he is a very flamboyant and entertaining person. And he was asked to do a TED Talk uh, this past month on designing books. And he does about a 15-minute presentation on the idea of designing books and the importance of it in the process. And it's wonderful. And so I commend that to your attention, but also more broadly for those that aren't familiar, and I have to think most of you are already, but if you're not, the TED Talks in general are fantastic. Um, yes. You just go to TED.com, T-E-D, and you can get them all. They're all free, and they're uh, varying lengths and uh, subject matter where you can search by subject and time frame and interest. And uh, the thing about the TED Talks is just that they're uh, unbelievably inspiring and uplifting and motivating. Um, yeah. They're just – they're all about what is possible uh, in a world that I think is, uh, at least from my vantage point, um, all too often these days uh, sobering. And um, – Ted is just, you know, this is not just stuff that, like, could be, but it's stuff that's actually happening. So, you know, while Chip Kidd is certainly talking about something that's more of the artistic nature, you know, there's, there was one recently by Sal Khan of the Khan Academy, which is just, as, as someone with three, three boys and who really values education, I mean, that, I just thought his talk was, like, I wanted to run through brick walls for the, the state of education after watching his talk. And just, it's amazing stuff, whether you're interested in, you know, cures for cancer or you know, helping people with disabilities or, you know, mm -hmm. enabling food and water for, you know, the impoverished people of the world. It's just, it's a, an amazing collection of, of thinkers and innovators that I just think uh, if, if you have not heard of it, you, you need to, you need to get on it with the quickness. It is. It, when I, when I was given my iPad, it was one of the first apps I installed on a device. I did joy. I don't, I don't watch them as often as I'd like to, but the, mm -hmm. The ones I do see are the ones that I favorited. I, I really enjoy. I mean, you know, whether you listen to a woman talk about how you know she's going through life and how long she's been blind and everything she's got to deal with. I mean, yeah, you're right. They are. They're, they're uplifting. They're positive. They are. I mean, if if it's very hard to, I guess, be in a funk after watching a TED yes. talk. It's just. It it really does. And it 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 just does make you feel better about things when you're done. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's it's there are plenty of things that can make us depressed about whether it's our own travails or our friends' travails or just the world at large and and certainly I I don't mean to say that 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 a lot of those concerns aren't legitimate or um you know, uh significant and substantial and 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 some maybe seem almost impossible to 
sort of fix, but, but, but you see these things that are being done in the world and it reminds you like there are humanity is capable of, of greatness. That's not hyperbole, like true greatness. And, and, and it, it, it's happening. It's not just possible. It like greatness is happening all around you. And so, uh, yeah, watching even a few of these just, just, it, it does help you sort of refocus and center yourself and say, you know what, uh, the world's going to be okay. There's lots. There's lots of greatness going on. So yeah, yeah. Cool beans. I got to check them out. Yes. Yeah. It's, it doesn't strike me as your type of thing, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hey it's then. good and nice and cool and fun. And no, yeah, because... like it. <laughs> well, I just mean. <laughs> I, you know what? I actually take that as a compliment. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean it like. I'll do it some right, just... dude. I just mean that you're, 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 yeah, it's, it's, uh, I like extremes in my yes. entertainment. Yeah, there's yes. no, there's no Johnny Ryan or CF, uh, tech talks coming. No. Well, there soon, should I be. So I, hey, I agree with you, but. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks for being here. Remember, if you see you're us welcome. or hear us <laughs> this weekend, come on up, say hello. Um, keep in contact with us through the forum. Yeah. Through, forum. through the forum, through, uh, through Twitter. Through Twitter, yeah, and uh, David's photo thing, he's gonna upload to the central net. We're gonna tap into the bomb queen. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. So thanks for being here. We'll be back next week and tell you all about it. Can't wait. Yeah. Say bye bye. Bye bye. Love y'all. Don't Peace forget out. to send to send us your updates when you see Chris. <laughs> yes. Take like the Patterson Neesman footage. <laughs> 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 Bye. Uh, didn't even give the phone number. Oh yes, the phone number. <laughs> if you do see Mr. Neesman in the in the road, kill him and call two oh six 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 completely unintentional. Three six one two. That's two oh six 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 Hell Satan. Three six one two. Please call the hotline. Although there will be no hotline messages this episode. Yeah, they got the TV. We got this. I'll snap. I'll snap. Yeah, call Super the hot. First <laughs> friend. Dude, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, the carpet was nasty. All the, all the padding underneath completely sh- like desiccated and crumbled into dust. Oh, snap. Hey, everybody. See you. You don't care about that. Do you care about this See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.